0: This is the Movie Hall of Fame Class of the Living Dead for Thursday, May 27th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Hall, and across the pond from me, over there, Nico Di Gregorio, as always. Oh! oh.
1: <laughs>
0: sound effects on sound effects today. Jesus Christ, it's too much. <laughs> it's, it's an orgy much. of sound effects. I don't like it. It is. Uh, hey, Adam. How you doing? Uh, I'm
1: okay. We're in your playground today. Yeah, we are. We're, we're in your playhouse. Um, you know, that that would happen when I was a kid because I was a very idiosyncratic kid and a lot of my friends didn't have the same interest that I had. So you would just choose to
0: act like you cared what they were doing?
1: Yeah. Well, I was in that position a lot where, you know, if they came over my house, they were watching cartoons and talking about American Idol. But if I had to go over their house, we would have to talk about the things that they enjoyed, you know, which is like what? Well, sports, I think, but not like the sports that you watch, but the sports that you played like Little League and things like that, which I had no interest in when I was. Why did you put those French fries in front of me?
0: Oh, oh, that's right. I I have food again. Jesus Christ. What is that? Are are you choking on something? Yeah, a little salt.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not supposed to be eating these. Well,
0: hey, you didn't have to eat them. I'm on a diet. You know, hey, at the end of the day, you place some heroin in front of a heroin addict. It's really the heroin addict's fault for taking the heroin. I don't think that's how it works, but all right. (laughs) Where was I going with this anecdote? (laughs) I don't remember. No, I would go
1: over my friend's houses and I would feel very out of place and, um, you know, left out of the loop because I wasn't into action figures and... uh,
0: You weren't into action figures?
1: Not really. What?
0: What's the matter with you? I collected things. (laughs) Like what? What did you collect?
1: Well, I collected, you know, baseball cards for a little while. You know, I, I had a Pokemon phase... I, I had a business card phase. I used to collect business cards. You were so weird. <laughs> what the
0: uh, hell? I, for about two
1: years, I had talking it, about. I had it in my head that I was gonna like set the Guinness World Record for the most business cards owned. Because I saw
0: it in a Guinness World Records book. So you like what? Went up to like a dentist's office and took their business cards? Right. So
1: I was obsessed with the Guinness Book of World Records for like five years. I have every edition from, I think, 2005 (laughs) to 2013. You're
0: so old. (laughs) You're so goddamn old. I I would
1: force my parents (laughs) to buy this book for me. And yeah, I got it in my head that I'm going to set a world record and it was going to be business cards. So yeah, I would go...
0: To any, yeah, anywhere that there were business cards, I would get them. can you just set a more, like, like they're easier world records for you to hit. Like, not eating, you know, a slice of pizza at age 26, 27. <laughs> you know, you could do that. You don't even have to try. Right, <laughs> It's easy. Just go for it.
1: Yeah, it got to the point we would go to, like, community sort of bulletin boards. You know, like, sometimes you go to, like, a restaurant or a diner, and they would have you know, a bulletin board of if you need your car washed, if you need your house cleaned, And I would just take those cards and Uh, sometimes just clear them out for no reason, because it's not like I needed these services. So I was probably screwing over thousands upon thousands of entrepreneurs out there just trying to make a quick buck (laughs) by taking the business cards that, uh, yeah, that would normally be useful. But for me, it was just to collect something. This sounds like a crime, but
0: it's not. Right. I'm taking something that is free. Stealing business and not gaining anything. Not gaining anything. I have the collection in the other room. I'll I'll pull it out one day.
1: And um, yeah, you could see it. It's just binders full of them. And you flip through it. And it's probably, yeah, again, thousands upon thousands of defunct businesses. I would get my family involved in it, too. I would tell every relative of mine, just save all your business cards and give them to me. So my aunts and uncles would just come with like bags of business cards.
0: And just give them to me for my birthday. That's really bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I used to collect coins, but that's a little more normal. You know, sure. I still have a, a bunch of them. You know, I have a, I have a safe that I keep all my goodies in, you yeah. know? And yeah, I are there that. zombies currently. Uh, there are no zombies protecting yet. It? Okay. Yeah. I mean, Hey, if we're talking about zombies and safes, there's army of the dead, yeah. which is actually something that happens in army of the dead. Sure. It's an interesting movie. <laughs> um, yeah yeah we're talking zombies which is my <laughs> yeah point being this is not my wheelhouse so now we're here that was a long roundabout way to I- get there <laughs> that was too much I would say yeah. but you like zombies yeah, I don't. Um, I don't hate zombies. Certainly not. I have. I could go on record. This is my favorite horror sh- subgenre in a in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's it was uh, interesting. I, I watched a lot of these movies for the first time that you
1: assigned me. Not all of them. Uh, some of them I'd seen before. One of them in particular is like an all time favorite of mine. I just think it's like a bona fide classic Hollywood film.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was interesting, like how much intellectual content and like thematic stuff there was here and not to get like too pretentious about it, but there is something about this genre. There's something about the zombie creature that just lets you put into it whatever you want. You know I what know, I mean? Right. You sort of, you get out of it, what you put into it in a lot of ways. And you know, I was sort of thinking about why has this genre endured in a, in the way that say the vampire genre as has not, or in the way that the werewolf genre has not, And I just think those creatures are so very specific in terms of there is a set of rules that have to be followed and there are certain characters like, say, Dracula or Frankenstein that are so iconic and you have to sort of stick to the the rules of that world in order for it to be a successful adaptation. Whereas zombies, there's so many different ways you can go with it. Mm -hmm. And also, by definition, they are empty creatures. They are creatures, (laughs) for the most part... With Not no personality, them. with uh, with no, like, character traits. Zombies are very rarely, like, characters in yeah. their own story. Um, so they're just sort of rife for symbolism and th- for thematic stuff. Like, they're just death. They are just, like, the physical sure. manifestation of death. And you're able to play around with that in really interesting ways and insert your own humanity into these literally empty carcasses. <laughs> um, yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I I think, like... This is in some ways, I think, with The Walking Dead specifically, Mm -hmm. it feels like the genre has sort of run its course. I think maybe we can talk about that,
0: yeah, as it goes on. But it's very true, yeah, it's very, very true. But it's funny, you know. I mean, zombies took a lull basically after Day of the Dead, and not much happens with zombies in the 90s, and there's a bit of a revival from like. Uh, what, what, what's the time frame? I have it in my notes, but there's a revival that comes around in the early 2000s because of 28 Days Later. Right. And you sort of see the, the focus shifting and they basically don't go out of style until the mid-2010s. Sure. When Walking Dead milks that cow for everything that it has, essentially.
1: And that was the most popular show
0: ever yeah
1: it's (laughs) one of the most popular in like the history of cable i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's up there with like sopranos and breaking bad and stuff i mean bigger than breaking bad if it was but yeah it's interesting 2010 there's a there's a lot that it has in common with 28 days later and we'll talk about that when we get to that movie um but the zombie genre was so ingrained in the like american culture that they thought we can make a prestige television drama about this Like we can do Mad Men,
0: but with zombies. Well, they almost did, and they well, they tried yes. for sure. And you know, I mean, and they're still going. By the way, credit to them. Aren't they ending though? Pretty soon. They are. Yeah. 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 I I mean, they're they're, jeez. I mean, that's sort of how it starts. I mean, George Romero describes this as the blue collar horror. Right. It's like sort of the 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 phrase he 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 coined for for zombies, which is understandable. Uh, just how I don't know. I don't know what you would. I, my my response with this was always that like zombies were just more relatable than anything that you get out of a werewolf or a vampire usually. Um, I just think like part of it is just the, the real world stakes that you s- connect to. But it's not just the zombies. It's like what the zombies do to humanity that makes it so much more interesting sure. than just like, oh, I got bit by a vampire and now I'm a vampire. And usually usually what uh, like vampire movies do or like where they get the meatiest is through their romance and their love stories. Sure. Which is why like let the right one in is so good or the original Dracula and stuff like that. But like why well, the twilight saga. So. And, but that's exactly yeah. exactly like they <laughs> they they, which aren't very good but no they but there's a they all have their interesting directions that they that they fit more comfortably in. And the funny thing about zombies is that they seem to adapt everywhere which I guess makes sense for a fucking zombie. Right. Um, But There are so many variations on the zombie formula. It's insane to me. Like I I forgot to put an honorable mention on here for Warm Bodies, which is basically like a team teen, Jesus, teen, uh, uh, rom com. I suppose. I I didn't see that. I didn't see it either. But yeah. But that's my impression of what it is. It's more like a young adult zombie movie and where the zombies have personalities and they fall in love with people. Yeah, like, like a
1: Nicholas Sparks kind of story, but in the zombie world. It's basically Romeo and
0: Juliet with yes. zombies, right. which, which is bizarre. And then you get like like teen sitcoms with iZombie and shit like that. Sure. Know?
1: Yeah, and look, the results may vary. Absolutely. When you go there. And <laughs> there, are, there are plenty of bad zombie movies, no question. And I do wonder, to a certain extent, did Walking Dead just milk that cow just a little too hard. Um, And we'll see. I mean, look, we are not done getting good zombie movies. There will be more good zombie movies. I mean, people were saying that about the Romero series in like the eighties and nineties that it sort of had run its course. Roger Ebert talks about it in his review of day of the dead. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it, it it kind of feels like we've gone too far down the rabbit hole here. Um, And to, to say that they've lost their way is, I don't know. It's an interesting comment because, in many ways, there there is no definitive way to tell a zombie story. Not really. You know what no. I mean? Like a, as we just described, these things are malleable, much mm-hmm. like the zombies themselves. Like they yeah, are yeah. malleable creatures that can easily be killed, mm-hmm. uh, and you could do a lot of different stuff to their bodies. Sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, we'll we'll see. I, it, it's been a while, though. I will say it's been a while, and Walking Dead by season six, by season seven, when that show. It's not like the show was ever, like, funny or charming, but no. it was just
0: such a fucking downer. Mm-hmm. And there's only so far you can go with that, especially on television. They also just missed the point, though, like, to what you're alluding to right now, is that, like, zombie movies, the premise is horrifying, <coughs> and that's part of, like, why they're scary. And uh, zombie movies generally fit into that that category. of They're not, like, scary, but they're more horrifying than anything, mm. just when you think about it, especially after COVID, too. I know yes. that's totally different, but in a way, like, that fear of... The unknown with a yeah, pandemic a virus. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I think they forget, like you are allowed to throw pies in zombies faces, right? If you want to, if right. you know what you're doing and if that fits very nicely into your story, if the characters throwing the pies in the zombies faces make a point in and of themselves, which they do. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think that show, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. How much of that show did you watch? I saw to uh, the jeez the 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 first half of season four and I quit. Wow, you made it a wa- like not as far as I did
1: because I made it to season I think seven or eight. Jesus, so God. I suffered
0: through it twice the length that it's, you did. It's just too. But again, like that's not why I. That's not what I go for to zombies for. And the other issue with with Walking Dead is that I feel like it's told you everything it's trying to tell yes. you after honestly after like season 3 yeah and that's not good no the idea that the people are the
1: zombies all along it's a cliche yeah. and i i it like again romero did that brilliantly all the way in 1978 actually 1968 um and yeah i've mean, the walking dead like we got that message after episode 3 mm-hmm. and yeah they the show ends up becoming like this weird like post apocalyptic how do we build back what was lost? And it sort of becomes like a,
0: it looks more like science fiction now, if you honestly, but
1: I, I called it in a letterbox review this week, Gilligan's Island, uh, despite having never seen an episode of (laughs) Gilligan's Island, but it is, but like, it's kind of like a show now about like a bunch of people stranded, like creating a society and like, uh like figuring out a way to coexist and, you know, build back what was lost and <laughs> like, dude, I just want to see the fucking zombies eat some people. And once the show got away from that and it started, you know, becoming a lot more self-serious and philosophical. Yeah. I, I just tapped out, which is understandable, but there is a balance though. And you, you just mentioned army of the dead. And I do want to talk about that a little bit because I watched it, um, this week as well. Uh, I mean, that is a movie just so far in the opposite direction in in terms of like Zack Snyder is not interested in
0: the zombie genre at all. Or the philosophy of the zombie genre. Sure. He's more interested in cool stuff happening. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think of this movie? (laughs) It's ugly as hell, first of all. It's tough. What did you think about the cinematography? Because it's a nightmare, if you ask me. Yeah, it looked like every college short film you've ever seen. Yeah, I know. I know with, okay. with the pulling and pushing of focus. It's like, this is, it was like case in point, like things I point to, to tell people not to do when they're making their first short film. It's amateur. Yeah. It's just fucking amateur. The depth of field here. It's got its moments, not horrible, I guess it's just an <laughs> aliens rip off, but you know, okay. You know, there's a scene, there's a lot of, uh, um, Jesus, what the hell was I going to say? There's a lot of derivative stuff in this movie. You know, like, like there's that there's like a shot for shot remake moment of American Werewolf in London, which just like like usually like you can pay homage. That's fine. What but was the moment in the very beginning where the there the, the alpha zombie is like circling the two army dudes. And then one of the guy falls down and it's shot exactly the same way oh, yeah. as the two guys when they're walking in the moors. And he's like, you really scared the shit out of me. And then he picks him up. And as he's reaching to pick him up, the zombie comes and gets him. Right. It's like. Shot for shot, beat for beat, that same moment in American Werewolf in London. And it was kind of uncanny. And the movie's just full of stuff like that, particularly with aliens. Mm. Uh, It's like the helicopter thing at the end. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) So 100%. But, like, I don't know. It's, you could do a lot worse. It's just, (laughs) it is what it is. Is it, it's not, no. It's, yeah, it's not very good. But. (laughs) Yeah. No, it
1: was fun when we like considered that Zack Snyder might be a decent filmmaker. Like that was, that was good. Look, okay. It's just very childish. I don't want to be fucking mean (laughs) because you know, I've left that life behind me, man. This is a movie made for certain people and I am very happy for the people that this is for because you got it. You got Zack Snyder's unfettered vision yet again for the second time this year. You got a movie that he had been wanting to make since 2007 and Netflix gave him the money and just said, do what you're going to do. Yep. Uh, like, I don't know, but we've gone over the Zack Snyder is not interested in the same things that I'm interested in just no. period. And like, if you find his zombies interesting and I mean, cool. not, not just the ones walking around, but like the, the ones that impregnate each other <laughs>
0: and then, the rapey zombies. <laughs> Which they might actually do in a sequel, which is kind of weird.
1: And that do like a, you know, a screech, like a, like a howl to the heavens every time they're agitated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, it's like Steppenwolf all over again, man. Like we're just, we're, <laughs> this is what Zack Snyder does. Like yeah. his creatures have to be gods. Um, and you beat them by shooting at them with very big guns <laughs> yes and and i'm i just don't fucking care man like these creatures are not scary like he just no. took all the fear out of the zombie genre here but okay maybe it's not quite a zombie movie then if you want to say like it's just it's like an action movie with
0: dudes with bad skin like cool like he's it's, done that before but it's weird don't keep doing it but like they're scary in Dawn of the Dead, his remake, uh-huh. like the scenes, like they're not necessarily like the cleanest like like action scenes, but they're anxiety ridden and they're they're really frenetic and like jittery. And it, fe- it feels really uncomfortable whenever you're thrown into that situation. And like like just the way zombies react when they get shot in that movie is really unnerving, you know, mm-hmm. and also just the performances by the actors playing the zombies, frankly, is a lot better. Yes, and that's part of it. Strangely, but you wouldn't think it, but it, it is true that like the problem is like a lot of the the zombies in this in Army of the Dead feel like I don't know like more like Agent Smiths to me, right? Does that make sense? It does. They're not very weighty. I don't feel their presence when they're there. You know, and I yeah I I, I don't know. It's kind of a movie I just sort of shrugged off. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's harmless, really, yeah, ultimately, no. right? Like, it's a harmless fucking movie. Yeah. And Zack Snyder is... He's done worse, trust me. He's, he's done, done worse, worse. And but-
1: ultimately, what I've realized after the, the Justice League fiasco, too, like, he's a harmless fucking director, man. Like, he's not destroying the medium of film as we know it. And, like, there, yeah. there are definitely guys that are doing worse. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just don't get the sense that he loves zombie movies after watching this. Do you know what I mean? And, and again, like I am. Uh, uh, it sounds like I, I'm like defending the, the great tradition of, of George Romero and that every zombie movie needs to look the same and adhere to the same rules. And that's not really what I'm getting at. Um, it just seems like all the invention and all the creativity that Romero is able to muster up in that original Dawn of the Dead movie uh, has just been totally lost here you know like think about in in dawn of the dead how much drama they get out of blocking the doors to the mall oh or, god yeah you know what i mean or just like i was gonna talk about that yeah or going to different fucking stores
0: right and running like, into just one zombie in the corner well this no you're right, but this is the thing you're totally right about is that like zombie the zombie drama is all about just the methodical steps of this is the problem what do we do that's, that's a the movie mo- it's two and a half hours yeah. long that movie
1: and you, you know, it, it, you're, it's at a, you're at a point like in the first like half hour, 45 minutes, if you've never seen the movie before and you arrive at the mall and they clear the mall and they're just good. And you think to yourself, how are they going to stretch this for another hour and a half? And somehow he, Romero pulls the rug out from under you and you don't even realize mm-hmm. that an hour and a half later you are still riveted and engaged. And he's filled it with so much conflict and so much like little moves and tricks. Yep. Uh, And all the while, like, there's incredible social commentary. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Whereas this, like, Snyder just feels the need to add a nuclear bomb component and add, like, a zombie fetus and add, like, you know, a safe with booby traps. And there's so much fucking stuff he puts on there. And it falls flat. None of it is as dramatic or as exciting as a couple of zombies walking backwards up an escalator.
0: That's a great point, too. You know? Yeah, absolutely. By the way, Zombie Feet is second time he's done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: tough. Yeah. It's tough. And I feel bad, because my apparently Zack Snyder is a very nice person. He seems like a nice guy. And sure, and, and actors like working with him, and he definitely knows what he wants. And there is like... There is a talent there that I don't think we fully identified.
0: Oh, I mean th- there is a care in his movies that you, you you don't see out of like a Michael Bay, for example. Like even people lump them into the same category, but I think Zack Snyder is a tremendously stronger director. Just in just he's a more intentional director than Bay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Interesting question. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not sure he's always intentionally making the right decisions. But. No, no. But that, that's what he's more confident in those choices is. is oh, he what I'm owns saying. it. The guy yeah. fucking owns it, which is yeah. what makes him stronger to me in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's just like you said, what he's interested in is just odd you're like why are you so interested in this and you can so clearly see the avenue where it's just better mm. happens all the time in his movies and I don't know he's like he's just interested in such superficial bullshit
1: <laughs> yeah he is and, and like it shows in every element of this like the performances are very on the nose uh, Batista I think we could maybe talk about in another conversation I find him to be a like endlessly interesting presence if not always like a great actor but just yeah like a really cool on-screen presence uh, and here it's just like yeah, the thing about zombies is that uh, it's just about being a dad, man. And Dave Batiste is a really strong guy, but he also wears glasses, so there's another side to mm-hmm. him. <laughs> and, like, that's it! I mean, that's all you really get in terms of character development. And then the music. Uh, we've talked about Snyder Needle needle Drops in the past. There's something else. They are something else here, man. We open with suspicious minds, and we go to Viva Las Vegas, and yes, halfway through, an acoustic cover of fucking Zombie.
0: Uh It's tough. I know. It's tough it's for kids though, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's a hard art, incredibly violent it's movie. It's incredibly violent, but yeah. like in terms of like aesthetically, tonally, this is for kids. Strangely. Yeah. Those
1: agents at the beginning that are transporting the zombie, they're literally called the four horsemen.
0: That was the dumbest. What are we doing here? I was like, dude, like, like I'm s- tapping out. Have some respect for yourself. The moment I heard that I almost was like, eh, do I want to push on any further? I-, I don't know. Like, cause that's the, like the most obvious stupid choice you could have picked. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. And also we're in this really cool setting. And that's the thing about this movie. Zombie movie compared with a heist movie. Ocean's Eleven in the zombie apocalypse. Fucking cool.
0: Does it need to be Las Vegas is my question. I don't think it utilizes Las Vegas at all.
1: Not at all. <laughs> Not beyond playing Elvis music in the first yeah. 10 minutes of the movie. That's really it. Um, and There is something there in terms of like you know, this is a dead town. This is yeah. a town where people go to die, or this is at least a town where people go to not live. Sure. And, uh, to just like a zombie, just pull the arm of the one arm bandit and, uh, and lose a fortune and, and give some of their selves up in the process. Maybe that was there on paper. It certainly didn't come across on screen at all. I mean, it's just <laughs> like not a visually interesting movie besides like the weird cinematography and yeah. like depth of field issues. Um. Yeah. Like, let's spend some time in the Bellagio. You know. Let's yeah. let's get a sense of this space. Let's get a sense of like the gaudy emptiness of this town. <laughs> yep. And and it really it doesn't go beyond yeah a couple shots of the
0: Luxor and and Suspicious Minds playing underneath nope. it. Whatever, dude. It's harmless though, yeah, right? It, it, like it, ultimately, yeah, It's like it's not the like no, it's not the worst. Thing. It's not a terrible movie. It's just, eh, eh. right. I'm just as flaccid for me personally. Yeah. I, I'm I'm done getting offended at Zack Snyder movies, yeah. right? I'm yeah. just done. I'm just tired of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've already said my piece. So what do you want?
1: Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: That's all I have on army of the dead. That's fine. Yeah. It's basically my thoughts entirely. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand how anyone could have any different thoughts, but whatever. It's
1: there are some out there though, man, that love the movie. I know that love him. And, like, does, did those creatures do anything for you? Like the...
0: The screaming, like the queen bitch? Yeah, like, what is that? I'm trying to, like, put my finger on... Like a siren? Kind
1: of? Yeah, the a sort succubus? of... It's not like steampunk. It's not like... Uh, oh. Like, what what is that look? Because the- clearly, like, there is a Snyder look from 300 to Sucker Punch even Justice League in this.
0: Well, this movie to me was more reminiscent aesthetically of like, aside from the fact that there's a lot of it that takes place during the day. um, Like the look of the city, sometimes the look of the zombies, it actually kind of reminded me of uh, Escape from New York here and there. So it sort of has that weird like... Escape from
1: New York pops
0: in a way that this world does No, I, I'm
1: pop. not, I'm not. No, just visually I'm talking I'm
0: about. Not, yeah, I'm not disagreeing.
1: Yeah, like the design <laughs> but, of these creatures, like but, I don't like really, other to say that they're, uh, you know, other than to say that they're Snyder-esque, like, you know, just the fact that there's a lot of like beige and a lot of gray
0: and like. That, that, no, that. Like, what is that look? It's a, oh, oh, like when you get like the shallow depth of field and everything is out of focus and that kind of, it's sort of soft. You know,
1: there is like a softness to this world, even though like Snyder definitely thinks that it's
0: intense. It's a bokeh effect is the technical term for it. Yeah, for that.
1: But like even the design of the creatures, like he he thinks they're out of a Mad Max movie and (laughs) really they're they're out of a Resident Evil movie. You know, (laughs)
0: Resident Evil zombies are a little bit better as far as I'm concerned.
1: (laughs) I don't know. There's something like I I don't know exactly how to draw the line between Steppenwolf and this, but I know that it's there. Like there's something very drab and boring about <laughs> his world,
0: even though he thinks it's very epic, or at least he seems to think it's very epic. I don't know. It's just blunt to me. And and like, and I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's all, but like you said, it's dull. It's just like, I don't know how you describe it. It's just this big thing that is, I guess on the surface intimidating, but there's not much more to it other than the fact that it's big. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I know what you mean. Right. I definitely know what you mean. Like those creatures aren't scary
1: even though they're kind of weird looking, they're like, they're weird in the most boring way. Does that make sense? They're all like spiny and sure. spiky and they have well, they're like,
0: obvious. Is it?
1: Yeah. It's
0: there's an obviousness to it. I think Yeah, I guess, mm-hmm. but that's Zack Snyder obvious all the time. Yeah. Okay. You're,
1: whatever, you don't whatever. need to
0: think about this more than you You're are. I don't, you know, I'm purging this <laughs> yeah, movie from my mind. It's out. You don't even need to purge it. It's just like, it's there. Okay, fine. Okay. It's high army of the dead. It's there for those that want it. Sure. (laughs) But like Vegas, it should stay there. (laughs) It'd be nice if I could identify Vegas in the movie, but whatever. All right. Siegfried and Royce Tiger, wasn't it? That is true. (laughs) Kills Paul Reiser. Oh, I'm sorry. The dude. um... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Aliens. It's aliens. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking uh, a few different classics here. Yeah, we got Night of the Living Dead from 1968, Dawn of the Dead from 1978, 10 years later, then Day of the Dead from 1985, and then we jump up to 28 Days Later in 2002, and then Train to Busan, 2016, which is uh, you know a little more recent one for us. We don't normally do that, but that's cool. A recent zombie film.
1: Yeah, a lot of Romero. Uh, impossible to ignore Romero in this discussion because cool. he essentially invented the genre the as we know it
0: godfather of zombie films as he's referred to
1: right yeah. um, so you know like there were a bunch that I guess we could have included and you have a list of them in front of you I'm sure um, I do. but I think this is a this is actually like a good varied list I think all of the Romero movies are just different enough I agree um, yeah. to really uh, represent a represent the full gamut here so yeah
0: awesome trilogy but i guess we'll get into that um yeah if if you're if you're at all curious uh i guess technically the first zombie film was white zombie in 1932 but like more so voodoo zombies hmm. so not like zombies the way that we understand them not the zombies that are we're going to be talking about on this list those are more like they were brought back from the dead but they still behave like people essentially so it's it's closer strangely to um uh uh like like um what the fuck is the movie uh death becomes her <laughs> <laughs> where they just Got don't it. die but they they're like conscious and you can chill with them they're maybe. ghouls they're ghouls yeah ghouls. no exactly i'm thinking zombies <laughs> zombies yeah the undead ghouls <laughs> <laughs> oh there's an honorable mention
1: speaking of which Dri- drivers whatever in that movie but <laughs> man that guy can read a line oh yeah that guy can just read some dialogue man she's scottish <laughs> Uh oh! Uh oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm having another fry. That's There's fine. On this one. Uh.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. As we know, George Romero is really the guy that invents zombies the way that we know him. With the lore that we understand, you got to shoot them in the head. They eat human flesh. They are recently dead beings coming back to life. They're compo- they're decomposing. Decomposing. As well. Yes. Exactly. Hmm. Uh, some honorable mentions include Return of the Living Dead from 1985, which is uh, amongst my favorites, uh, but we already discussed it. Yeah. Has a place in this conversation given like the iconography. You, I, you yourself did it just the other day when referencing zombies eat brains, and that's not something that's present in any one of these movies. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's the movie to uh, to create that cliche. Dan,
1: Dan O'Bannon directed, of course, the mind behind Alien, mm-hmm. um, as well as Dark Star, which yeah. is uh, the John Carpenter's debut. Yeah, a a, uh, a known sort of Hollywood troublemaker. Yes. Yeah, very much so. And that is a movie that is sort of very transgressive yes. um, in its comedy and also like is not particularly reverent towards the zombie genre, or, but in a good way.
0: Yeah, no, definitely not reverent towards the genre, zombie genre, but also not reverent towards the era it exists in. It's, like you said, very transgressive and very like strange, but also very angry at like a lot of the things it's setting up even towards like the punk genre it's a great punk movie yet at the same time it basically says you you guys are full of shit (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) not really my style of humor i don't i think that's why i didn't respond to it um in the, in the same way that you did, or and listen, I'm in the the vast minority on this
0: movie. Because uh, I adore it. I yeah, think but there's, stu-
1: there's stuff to like in it, certainly.
0: Yeah, great like Reagan era film, you yes. know, in, in Cold War, a little bit of AIDS is in there too. So, Definitely, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's wonderful, it's a jam, but it's also probably maybe bleaker than these ones in a lot of ways, in my opinion. There is a strange bleakness, like hopelessness in that movie. Like a, cyn- a cynicism that's, Like, George Romero can get optimistic.
1: Well, there is an evil to those zombies in the way that, well, there is an underlying amount of dread in most zombie movies. But the thing about them is that they are not evil creatures. They are not motivated by anything other than, like, pure
0: instinct or survival. Um, and the the ones in that one are just motivated by the fact that they're constantly in pain. So they have to feast on people's brains. Right. And they're, (laughs) but they're also fucking with the characters too. Oh yeah. (laughs) Which is great where they dress up as cops. Yeah. (laughs) And you can't kill them. Yes. That's what's so scary about that one. No matter what you do, you can't kill them. You can just suppress it. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: So, um, yeah, I think there there's definitely there's definitely some more cynicism to it. Certainly, although most of these movies are kind of downers.
0: Yeah, in a way, but George Romero strangely always comes out a little more optimistic, in my opinion. Or even when he's getting dark, it's usually to make a point, like like an optimistic point, where it's like, see where these characters went wrong. Please, for the love of God, don't make those same mistakes. Maybe not in the first one. I don't know. I mean, the first one is just
1: like human yeah. nature is, uh, is to kill. Sure. <laughs> right. And even the guy that survives
0: ultimate, the zombie apocalypse will ultimately be gotten by man. I think that's what I'm talking about though. More so with him being like, this is where we're at. So you got to really fix this shit. Mm. But like f- throughout his career, he's, he's not someone who's as bleak as like, God, I don't know. Like, like, Mikhail Hanukkah. He's not, sure. he's, he's not doing that. He definitely... Or, or even Darabont, for that matter. No. No. Yeah, definitely not, honestly. No. He he definitely sees the light. It's just sometimes he understands people have trouble getting there. Okay. Hence why he's making zombie films. Yeah, uh, but sometimes he does end with happy endings, though. No, well, yeah, we're gonna talk about yeah. that. But yeah. uh, Another Romero film, Land of the Dead, which is okay. It is it is what it is. It's, have you seen all of his late trilogy? I have not. I've seen Land of the Dead and Diary of the Dead. Diary of the Dead sucks. Land of the okay. Dead is... Uh, Okay, it's got its moments. I don't, I don't, I actually don't mind it. And then there's Survival of the Dead, which is his last film. Yeah, which apparently has grown quite a bit in the fan community. A lot of people seem to like it. They didn't like it when it came out, but now they're like, you know, something. It's it's all right.
1: I've heard good things about Land of the Dead. Yep. yep. Um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's funny that the guy never sort of got away from that genre. Like it,
0: it, he just sort of stayed in it. I did uh, Night Riders, which is about like a tr- traveling carnival crew. You mm-hmm. know? So and the Crazies, but that's a little. It's similar. Yeah, a
1: creep show too. Yeah. Like I
0: mean. I mean, not like I would have been interested in like a
1: like a character study by George Romero, a dramatic that, character study. That would
0: be Martin, which is his vamp take on the vampire lore, which okay. is fascinating. Have you seen it? Yes. Do you like it? Yes. Huh. Yes. Uh, uh it's actually kind of great. Uh <laughs> but very weird and again kind of icky in the similar like Tom Savini way, you know, with the way that makeup is uh, huh. gets under your skin. Um and then we have 2004 as a uh, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, 20 weeks later, Wreck Night of the Living Dead from 1990, the Tom Savini remake, which is apparently very good. Uh, of what? The Tom Savini remake of Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Which apparently is is pretty good. Okay. Uh, Planet Terror, which we've talked about on this on the other pod before. Good uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, excellent movie uh Night of the Creeps, Paranorman, <laughs> which you referenced. <laughs> True. And Peter Jackson's Brain Dead aka Dead Alive, which is also a fan favorite.
1: Zombie Land was not on that list?
0: No, it wasn't. It should be. I totally forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. I like Zombieland. Land. Uh, do you want to do
1: the Evil Dead thing or like cuz I, I don't really care. To be honest with you, I, I really don't care what you call
0: it. I mean to me they seem like zombies. I don't know cuz it's just you feel it, man. Like it's a feeling. But they can not be deadites anymore. Yeah, no. They can be like, okay, I'm in this person's body. And then they can just leave the person's body and they're all good again. How is that a zombie? Okay.
1: (laughs) Like, uh, okay. I don't like having this argument because I'm going to lose it. Is it the behavior of them? You're right. It's just like how they look and how they feel. And it just feels like a zombie movie to me. I don't know. Like the way that that movie plays out, it's like. He might as well have been fighting zombies. <laughs> if you take the deadites out and you replace them with say the zombies from Return of the Living Dead, the movie doesn't change that much. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas the if you took those changed drastically though. Don't okay, we? but you take those creatures out and you replace them with say the wolves from The Grey, then it's a different movie. It feels more like the wolves from the gray, if I'm honest. (laughs) Okay. Well then that's your own perspective on it. I mean, I look, I have seen it labeled
0: as a, as a zombie movie, both movies as zombie movies. Very, very wrong. They're demons. Okay. Trees can attack people in that movie. It's fantastical. It's way too fantastical for a zombie film. All right. For that to make sense. Literally Ash gets transported back to medieval times and <laughs> yeah and they're fighting skeletons and like dragons and shit well dragon like things but like these deadites can turn people into dragons in the third movie yeah and the second movie it happens in the second movie there's at a the dragon very, in the second at one? the very end remember where he shoots a flying thing in the at, in the head it sounds vaguely familiar i don't remember much about it well that was essentially the things they were quote-unquote fighting in the woods same idea huh There's like an orange monster, like a, like a thing that's orange with like big eyes that are blue and shit like, I don't know, man, (laughs) nothing about this screams zombie to me other than some of the aesthetic choices. (laughs) They don't behave like zombies aside from the fact that they punch you occasionally, but zombies usually eat people. They don't do that. Okay, fine whatever I just nothing fine okay cool sorry sorry (laughs) I just think they kind of look like zombies and they act like like
1: zombies and so it's a zombie movie they can
0: float (laughs) (laughs) all right they can fly around whatever randomly (laughs) that fat woman that's floating and like pulling on people's hair like I don't know I don't see a zombie doing that (laughs) did you mention wreck yes I did okay yes How's, how's that movie I haven't seen it okay apparently it's great
1: I heard is very scary yes me too so it may not be for me i should watch it Yeah. i'd love it uh and you also
0: forgot to mention Beavers. oh yeah Beavers, the best zombie <laughs> film that george romero wishes he made yeah great film how about world war z oh yeah yeah have you seen it yeah oh yeah, yeah it's so good i
1: i really don't like it um but i was very curious to see what david fincher was going to do with me that too. sequel. and um Looks like that's not happening anymore. That would have been
0: so good. Yeah, that's like a really popular book series, right? Yeah, I know. But de- by uh, Mel Brooks' son. Is that right? Yeah, interestingly enough. So
1: for years, I remember hearing that they were going to adapt it, and then they finally did, and it was just sort of like an average
0: Brad Pitt action movie. Um, it was whatever. I don't hate the movie, but like it's it's arguably the most boring zombie film I've it's ever really seen. It's really fucking boring. And I've seen The Dead Don't Die. <laughs> right so it's really fucking boring yeah (laughs) yeah if fincher did that sequel though like it would have been amazing what a weird choice that would have been though for him i know okay anyway let's get to it starting off strong with night of the living dead from 1968 of course written directed and uh photographed and edited by george A. romero did all of that and also co-written by John Russo and starring Dwayne Jones and Judith uh, O'Dea, the story follows seven people who are trapped in a rural farmhouse in Western Pennsylvania, which is under assault by an emerging group of cannibalistic undead ghouls. Ghouls, ghouls frequently identified as the first modern zombie film and a touchstone in the development of the horror genre, retrospective scholarly, scholarly, scholarly analysis has focused on its reflection of the social and cultural changes in the United States during the 1960s, with particular attention directed towards the casting of Jones as an African-American in the leading role. Yep. Also in the National Film Registry. Talk to me about the, the casting
1: here, because Romero says that he didn't think about this as a racial allegory. No. When he wrote it and when he made it, but the casting mm-hmm. of a black man at its center and also how that movie ends echoes like the MLK assassination, the, 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 yeah. uh, the Malcolm X assassination, the idea that, you know, a black man can rise above the terrors of the world and ultimately be brought down by the white men, you know? Yep. Uh, w- 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 like I, I find it hard to believe that Romero wasn't thinking about any of that, particularly because in those later movies, there is such a, explicit social commentary like particularly in dawn of the dead like that's not something that you happen upon by accident that is a a
0: master stroke of filmmaking that is like a brilliant decision to set that thing in a mall well that's part of what makes it masterful to me is that he might not have been aware of that in in dawn of the dead yeah yeah i don't i'm not sure about that wow see like that to me it's just so fucking
1: obvious here i think it's uh, you know could go either way but the guy's just too fucking
0: smart of a filmmaker. Do you know what I mean? No, it's very, very true. But I, I don't. But if you've I mean, he's not a guy that really about he's, he's the, the, the most unpretentious guy you've ever met. Like he talks about these films in, in ways that like you expect him to be very smart. And he is. Absolutely. But he's very honest about his movies. You know, he's not exactly like like always glowing of them necessarily. Like Dawn of the Dead is not his favorite movie that he's made in, in this series. And I'll let you know what his favorite movie is. But um, yeah, like he's, he just, I mean, for example, like there's a scene where, in Dawn of the Dead, where the guy puts his arm in the, um, uh, Jesus, the heart. uh, Yeah, the blood pressure machine. The blood pressure machine. Right, right, right. Which is not in there for any reason. And he's even admitted that. He's, the reason, the only reason it's there is because they could get away with the gag. They're just like, hey, we can do this. Let's, let's, let's do it. Right. Which is a spirit of the movie that sort of infects everything that happens. Now, again, there is a, tremendous amount more going on than just that, but particularly with that location. But I've always fallen on the side of him just being like a pure artist and not really caring to explain why he was doing it. It just came out of who he was or the time period in which he was living. I, I get know.
1: not wanting to explain it. I totally understand like a humility. The Cohen brothers are very oh, yeah. sim- similar in that way. Like when they talk publicly about their movies, they don't tend to break them down on a thematic level. Uh, because I, I think some of that is is gaudy, or at least like filmmakers yeah. see that as gaudy. Like when Quentin Tarantino does it, when Zack Snyder does it, yeah, it comes across as incredibly tacky and pretentious. Uh, but again, like the guy's too fucking smart to do this by accident. You know what I mean? Like to dream, you don't just dream this up um like when you're tripping on acid you know sure. what i mean like this isn't just a a a pure extension of your id you know what it i mean could be though uh,
0: yeah you know i don't know when you watch it i, I a- bounce
1: up against that a lot like we've had this conversation before like i i just don't think that's how art is made or at least <laughs> that is not my experience that's almost exactly how i think art is made though <laughs> and i see i think that's, that's, that's weird, bullshit really, i really do right? i think some artists talk uh, like that and i i just particularly something like filmmaking which mm. is so Craft oriented, and it's a it's a discipline. It's something you learn. It's also collaborative. There are a lot of people talking about it on set. Like, it is not just I'm I'm going to take a paintbrush and just allow the strokes to happen as they happen. In this one, it is though. It is more calculated. do You have any idea how improvised *Dawn of the Dead* was? Certainly, I get it. But like making a movie is fucking hard, man. And like when people just follow their muse, ninety nine percent of the
0: time it comes out terribly. You know, there aren't many George Romero's.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, and I understand like there, of course there is spontaneity and I'm sure there was spontaneity here, but it's not all, you're you're almost not giving him enough credit when you say that, when when you just say George Romero dreamt it up one day and now here it is and now let's dissect it. It's a little cooler than it for it to be. Yeah, but it's right. And, but, and I, and generally speaking, when something is like fucking cool and badass, it's bullshit,
0: you know? I want to give Romero credit. I think he's really fucking smart. Well, the problem is, though, when you see his later films, it makes me brush up against what exactly what you're saying, because the minute he tries to really be obvious with his social commentary, it doesn't work. Like the social commentary in Land of the Dead is just ham-fisted as hell, and it's not particularly smart. Yes. It's actually quite bad in a lot of areas. It's just a fine zombie film. Uh, and Diary of the Dead's horrible. Like like his attempts at like dealing with social media are hilariously really that's in there it doesn't work man huh yes it is in there so it's like the minute like he tries it starts to become a problem for me and apparently you can lose inspiration over time though i mean that's just an
1: old man working in this field is yeah definitely gonna
0: but then survival of the dead is where he says "Well, I'm not gonna deal with any of that shit i'm just gonna do a a a movie about people not getting along and apparently it's the best in that original series or that that not that sequel series if you want to call it that yes i i don't know i don't know i i I just have a
1: problem with the way that we've sort of mythologized filmmakers (laughs) as as if they are say i don't know edgar Allan poe writing by candlelight and then (laughs) burning the short stories that he wrote just because it's a pure artistic exercise like there is more to it than that even if you're working on a strictly independent level yes some of it might be by mistake No question. Maybe the casting of a black man as the lead was a mistake and was a happy accident. And maybe it was not a, an explicitly racial movie on the page, but the ideas that are there, that aha moment, we had it while we were watching it. And I just doubt that he didn't have it while he was writing it. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, you know, maybe I don't know when he sees the shot of zombies walking through a mall and up an escalator. And that like, comedic music plays underneath it sure when he sees that he must be seeing the same thing that we're seeing because when i see it and i'm a fucking moron <laughs> i see it and the light bulb goes off yeah me too you know well
0: that's why it's so good you know yes but it, it's not unintentional is my point it's not all unintentional i would say all unintentional but like i don't i don't know man <sighs> yeah, I, I I might have to completely disagree with you.
1: <laughs> Fair enough, man. i
0: just very it's yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, it's because I don't know. He's just said that like it, Dwayne Jones just happened to be the best guy for the role, and it was as simple as that. Given the fact that they were working with an amateur crew, they were kind of willing to take anybody, mm-hmm. and he came along, and he's like, "Oh, you're amazing. Let's put you in the movie." I'm sure it's possible that George Romero thought about it like after he was done like, oh, oh look what I did here. Sure. Honestly, like, <laughs> the question is, does it matter?
1: And the answer is no. It does not. No. Because the movie is the thing.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And, whatever, and whatever's in it can is, is fair game to be taken out of it. And it doesn't matter what the artist contributed <laughs> to the conversation.
0: My point is like, like, the, your, this conversation, like, Nico, I don't know how to say this without sounding pretentious. <laughs> Go ahead. Give it a shot. (laughs) Like even when you're just making a little film, you, you, you'll watch it later and you'll be like, oh, like I'm picking up something here that I didn't mean to do at all. Sure. And I'm like, oh, that, that makes it very different for me in my head. Like now I can read it differently entirely. Sure. There are many things like in most of the little short films that I've made that were not intentional. I was just at the time I thought it was a good idea. And sure then it it meant something else later my my point is always like it's not that this stuff is meaningless. It's not like there isn't a subconscious intentionality because I think that's what's going on with George Romero is that there's something like something's eating at him he's and he's just like, you know what no we have to do this why you know it's just just because we have to we, it has to yes and I get it. what we discover is what he intended to do but, but there is yeah. still an idea to every shot I mean
1: that that It'll, is yeah. filmmaking yeah right film yeah. filmmaking. If you're if you're if you don't have an idea going into a shot, then you're not making a film. No, no. <laughs> you know, no. and so whatever that comes from, if it's David Lynch, just like, you know, tapping into a dream that he had last yeah. Thursday, or it is Jordan Peele explicitly like making a statement about our current political moment. Yeah, it's still an idea. That's what I'm. No, like, I, so so the but the uh, the fact that but you're making no, it se- but you you make it seem like we're getting on like a filmmaker just gets on the bus, man, and it's just <laughs> he's along for the ride, and wherever the bu- it's like the bus in in fucking um, uh, what's that Miyazaki movie? Uh, Scared it away. No, the t- Totoro. It's like, it, oh, you know, you're just okay. in that cat bus on my neighborhood, oh. and wherever we go, like, that's just where we're going to end up. And the filmmaker is along for the ride, just like the audience. Like, I just don't buy that the artistic process works that way. I can't, it, it's, it's just, it's not that abstract. There is a humanity but, to it. Like you have to put something into it in order to get a good product out. Is it always going to be an exact translation of what's in my head? Of course not. But like if you don't have any say in this, you're not making a film. You know, it's yeah. not all your subconscious doing the work. There is a consciousness to it as well.
0: OK, you don't, <laughs> you don't think so. No, like, I don't know, dude, like that's not the process. Like, I. I OK, you have ta- when you're a filmmaker, you have taste, you have. Sure. Ideas. But like you're making right? to my point, you're making it sound like he's sitting at his desk figuring this out. And I don't think that's what he's doing. Well, it's not
1: necessarily at a desk. It might, it might be on set. I mean, it might be an idea that he hears from one of his camera people or one of his cinematographers. When you're like,
0: on set, though, all the theory goes way out the window. You're just trying to get the shots. It's not really about that. You know, that's where the craftsmanship comes into play. The stuff that we're really talking about here is like the intentionality beforehand. Yes. And, and I get what you mean. And that's where I'm like, I don't know about that you know it's like I, is it I, fair
1: to say that you need to have both in order to be artistically successful probably yeah and, and i think like w- we tend to mythologize it
0: <laughs> you just don't w- like mythologizing filmmakers in no general, i don't like though.
1: mythologizing anyone. anybody no yeah. i no i don't i don't think like that's a an accurate way that's of not, looking at the world i mean i don't even know me
0: mythologizing them though that's there's a just- discipline to this sure you know sure but it's a discipline that's very hard to identify which is why they like filmmakers say you can't really go to film school and actually know how to be a director it doesn't work that way yes there is a yeah it's sure it's like like there's an innate talent and quality yeah like scorsese says it all the time like a director is an ineffable quality i can't really tell you what that's about you just kind of have to go out and do it and figure out for yourself and it's the same reason why like like roger deakins gets very frustrated when people ask him how do you define cinematography he's like i don't fucking know you just have to have an eye for it. You just have to feel it.
1: But even if you can't describe it, yeah. the reason why Roger Deakins is a good cinematographer is because he shot a lot of fucking movies. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why Martin Scorsese is a good filmmaker is because he watched and directed a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And so even if you can't articulate it, that still is a discipline, though. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Just because I it's, can't teach the lesson doesn't mean there isn't a lesson that can be taught i think we're saying the same thing well i'm not sure we are i I mean just because romero wasn't um just because romero has not explicitly articulated his ideas doesn't mean that a part of him wasn't actively involved in the process of making the movie i agree with that right but th- that's what i'm saying <laughs> I, no, I think the way you're describing is it, it's 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 more passive right like there's just sort of this 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 thing floating in the ether
0: that <laughs> artists can tap into that no one else is capable of tapping into the ether is his head and it's as simple as that that you know it's it's his own intuition that's driving the filmmaking <sighs>
1: I don't like the word intuition. But that's what it is. I don't like that. There's no other way to describe it. Because you don't wake up one day and become a good filmmaker. I mean, that just doesn't happen. No, you either have it or you don't sometimes. The, you, you can have the potential. You can definitely have the potential. Maybe. But if you don't watch movies and you don't make movies, it's yeah. hard to be a really good filmmaker. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. So there is a discipline to it. I mean, it's a, it's a language that you learn. It's like, it's like any creative thing. Any creative thing is like this. Yeah. It's repetition. Yeah. It's the grind. It is, it's, it's, um it's making a bunch of mistakes. So you stop making them. Mm-hmm. And just because you're not able to articulate what that process is doesn't mean the process doesn't exist. And so the idea There's that someone process, just yeah. that comes out of the womb and is just like it, it was born to make movies. And the second he can pick up a super eight makes great movies. Like, uh, yes, there is, an innate talent to everything, but most of it is perspiration and, (laughs) and, and not what you're born with. I mean, John Lennon has talked about this too. It's like, you know, he fuck, he was awful. He was an awful musician before he got into the studio and just grinded it out Mm -hmm. and just learned how to make good records. Um, It's the Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hour rule. Like there is a discipline to all of this. And I, I think we make it number one, seem like it's easy. And number two, make it seem like only certain people are capable of it. But it's Mm. both very easy and very hard. Depending on who you are, I guess. Which I I don't think is true. Quentin Tarantino once said, like, if you love movies, you can't help but make a good one. Like, if you really fucking love them, it's the passion for it. It's the curiosity about the craft. It's the willingness to understand the language that makes you a good filmmaker. Yes. Not just like this random thing that you were born with. Um, maybe we are saying the same thing. I don't know. I this think is like, I'm
0: like, Nico, maybe. I <laughs> we're kind of going in circles. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> I just don't like the mythologizing. I don't, I, I just think it's, it's I just don't, I, I don't see, again, I don't see it as mythology. Like to me, that's not a big deal. Put it that way. Okay. When a filmmaker does that, that's not a big deal to me whatsoever. Cause I think most filmmakers do that is the thing where they just think about it. They're like, yeah, we should just do this, you know, and whether or not that's significant is up to you, you know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it is what it is. Like, that's just how the process it's always, the process has always been to me. (laughs) Mm. It's like, I don't know how else to describe it. There's always a why. Yeah. Like every question has a why, right? Like, Mm. and
1: every decision has a why and whether or not a filmmaker can articulate it, doesn't mean it's not there. That's what I have been saying. But because <laughs> no, but just because is not a sufficient answer. I think that's what that's is a my sufficient answer, point. though. Well, there. I mean, there has to be some intentionality, right? Like there, there, there has to be. A, you need to have an ethic when you make a film. Like you, you have to be chasing something. You need to be following some sort of train yeah. of thought. Yeah. Like every movie has that. Mm -hmm. You know, every movie has like a consistent theme or message or tone or something. And if your answer is just because again, I've seen movies like that, man, and they're not very good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, whatever. This is so far beyond the the realm of zombie movies. But
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now we're talking about directorial process. Like
1: (laughs) listen, I've never made a movie. You have, I got to bow to your, your, your wisdom on this, but um,
0: go ahead back, back to Night <laughs> of Living Dead can we talk about we haven't even fucking talked about this movie it's it's good yeah I, I rewatched it again last night and I think it's a fucking masterpiece yeah yeah and it, it's, it's a jam and I have a lot of fun watching it even still we've talked about it before and it's yeah I, I struck again by on rewatch on how good the editing was of course and actually really loving the cinematography again, but being very taken aback by how Judith uh, Odea or Odea, however, it just does, doesn't do anything in the movie. And I find that kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've, I've talked about this one uh, a lot. It's made on like a, like a nothing budget. Everything about it is amateur. They were, when they were writing it, they took some inspiration from I Am Legend, which is a vampire novel, strangely. Uh, and they just kind of went for it, you know? they just saw this attempt to to make some really edgy horror and they, I, George Romero had been working with commercials and a, like a little television crew for a little while, but he wanted to, I don't know. He just had this idea in his head that it had been building up for, for, for ages, I guess. And yeah, they just kind of, it was a ragtag team. Like some of the actors are total amateurs, but most of the time they're pretty good and they just made history. Strangely. Yeah, they did. Um, it's the type of movie that I
1: respect more than I enjoy. Candidly. Um, like look it, it's uh, it's an incredible feat of storytelling not mm-hmm. just filmmaking but storytelling obviously there's a, there are many strokes of genius in this how the zombies are shot uh, you know just the, the lighting especially in that basement I oh, think about the great. shot of the little girl in the basement and just how instantly iconic that shot is the way that they sort of fill in the details of this world and the way that the news footage just sort of sprinkles in what's happening all from that house the globe. is from a, such a simple and efficient location. Yes. The ability to make a uh, lemonade with lemons here is, uh, oh, yeah. is unparalleled really. Um And you know, the other amazing thing about it is that you see a guy who is working with such a little budget and is really flying by the seat of his pants. How he's able to transition into big budget filmmaking and how mm-hmm. the follow up to this was just so fucking great uh and he just he doesn't fold under the pressure and we're so used to saying that now especially now since like every guy that directs an indie rom-com gets a marvel movie and and they just they, they just don't know how to operate in that ecosystem and sometimes like their ideas get a little uh a, a little past their means and a little past their talent that's not the case with Romero like his talent translates both in this very small box yeah. and in a very large one. And he always seems totally in command. And this is a movie with an incredible amount of command behind the camera.
0: Yep, I agree. But you don't love it.
1: <laughs> I find it a little dated, frankly. I don't get that. Yeah. On, I find on, it a little dated.
0: Yeah, On rewatch especially, I was kind of amazed by how much it holds up. I don't know yeah it's a fun movie dude like it's a lot of it's it's kind of great and again a lot of it a lot of like the tropes and the storytelling techniques are still prevalent in zombie movies today so it hasn't aged in that way i don't know i don't know like most of this movie works pretty well for me i totally respect it i totally like it there's a few musical cues that aren't perfectly timed but that's about it you know but most, yeah. most of it is pretty on point.
1: It doesn't go far beyond like the cuts look a little sloppy because they're actually cutting film. Like it really doesn't go beyond that. And it's very superficial and tacky. And I apologize for
0: <laughs> being I love such the a editing plebeio. though. Like again, like the editing is tight as hell for me in this one. Again, to me, felt very ahead of its time.
1: Yeah. I guess, so. Okay. No, I'm a normie. I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean, I don't know.
1: It's great. It's a great story. It's a. The, the Romero's a master. It change <laughs> movies.
0: Yeah, no, great. All right. You can, could you just say it doesn't resonate with you instead of saying it's, it's dated? I don't know. <laughs> I don't see the Is date. Is there tension
1: brewing between us today?
0: A little bit. I don't know why. Is this a tense podcast?
1: <laughs> What's happening here? I it's, feel like I can cut the air with a knife today. <laughs> Better criticisms, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't want to be contentious with you. Yeah.
0: I have no... I, uh, I have no like quibbles or qualms or anything. I got these facts all ready to go. They're meaningless. They're meaningless. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm sorry, man, for shitting on your movies. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I think for the most part, these are very good movies.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening today? I don't know. I don't know. I was very confused by that last conversation, I guess. (laughs) Regardless, (laughs) Regardless, <laughs> yeah, no. We- now the listeners
1: need to sit here as if like their parents have just
0: fought. oh that's okay. It's no, tough, man. It's no big deal. It's a tough situation for them. No, we have another movie though. How are we gonna get through this? We're we're, we're can we make up right now? We're dr- oh sure. Have an, have some more French fries and clog your 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 heart. <laughs> <laughs> Let's break bread. Let's break bread. <laughs> You gotta stop overthinking things Because we were talking about the same thing We were talking about the exact same fucking thing On that last conversation Did we actually agree? Yes (laughs) That's why I'm like what are we doing Man You just took my
1: My passion for (laughs) the directorial process The wrong way How am I ever going to find a wife? I don't
0: know (laughs) I just overthink everything When you do get away Are we
1: fighting no
0: (laughs) Yeah when you do get away if you're going to have her lick All the stamps for your wedding invitations And she's going (laughs) to fucking die (laughs) And I'm not even going to be upset
1: (laughs) I'm so Sorry
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn of the Dead <laughs> released ten years later, ran and directed and edited by George Romero, George A. Romero. Uh a phenomenon of unidentified origin has caused the reanimation of the dead who prey on human flesh. David. Uh, e- Emj, I don't know, Forey, Scott uh, Reininger, and Galen Ross star as survivors of the outbreak who barricade themselves inside a suburban shopping mall amid mass hysteria. So yeah, that's Dawn of the Dead and chosen by Empire as one of the 500 greatest movies of all time along with Night of the Living Dead and it's sort of the movie that popularized zombies. It's, 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 it's the one, I guess, this along with that first movie.
1: Yeah, um, I think one of the five best horror movies ever made. Yep. And that might be understating it. I think there it's is wonderful. a there is a, a solid argument to be made for this at the number one spot. Sure. Like that's just how great it is. It's wonderful. I gave it another watch this week. It's been a while since I saw it, probably since high school.
0: Long movie, unexpectedly, right?
1: Yeah, really long, especially when you consider how high concept the premise is. It's just really simple. Yeah. It's just a, a bunch of... Just four people trapped in a mall that's fighting a, zombies off. That's the movie. Well, the thing is, it get they get to the mall like forty five
0: minutes in. Yeah, um, it, it's, that first act is like jam packed with stuff. Surprisingly, the the first act is more of like a another side of Night of the Living Dead, essentially. Before we get to Dawn, you know, mm. basically, it's basically like the country trying to deal with the 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 conflict in much more aggressive ways. And there are raids on buildings where zombies are inside and they don't quite know what to do. There are news outlets that have no idea how to deal with this problem or how to report on it. They have a guy there trying to tell them this is what's going on, but he's going off the cuff and swearing on air. And it's really funny. Yeah, And we're just watching society fall apart in like the most believable fucking way possible. That's the thing about it. Just the most believable way, and you contrast that with Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, which is has a wonderful opening, but it's much more big and cinematic, and kind of the way you would normally expect a zombie movie to open, and it does so effectively. But you, like I said. Contrast that to 1978's Dawn of the Dead. And it's just like, this feels like something we could go through tomorrow, Hmm. you know? It just, especially with like that news station steam, which I, news, Jesus Christ, my words today. That news station scene, which I think is just perfect for setting up what this movie's ultimately gonna be. But not in a way that I expected. I think when I first saw it, I expected more of, uh, what we got out of 28 Days Later, I guess, because this was one of the earlier zombie films I think I saw, and I expected it to be a little more eerie and creepy and have like 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 a sort of a smash bang open. And ultimately what it was was, oh, we're in a newsroom? Like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Uh,
1: it's, by the way, not a scene that you generally get in no. zombie movies, particularly not now. I mean, 28 Days Later and Walking Dead open the same way guy in a hospital wakes up. The apocalypse has happened already night of living dead. They just sort of encounter a zombie trade to Busan. Same thing. It's just the zombie is there and now you have to deal with it on the fly. The sort of doomsday prepping the night before. That's not usually a scene that you get like the sort of inflection point of the old world is, is leaving and the new world is approaching and what you do in between uh, as society is still
0: kind of functioning, but not yeah, really. Exactly. That's what's so funny about it.
1: Yeah. And it really is thrilling to watch mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, you you get to follow someone, a group of people that know what's coming, but don't know how to deal with it yet. Um, it's just fucking thrilling. That newsroom scene
0: and also the shootout at, like, the drug den is Unbelievable. That is one of the most horrifying scenes in the entire movie, yes. man. Uh, all too real. Yes. All too real. You watch that and it's just like, yikes. It's it's kind of uncomfortable. Possibly the greatest head explosion I've ever seen uh-huh. in film, by the way. Yeah. You know what that head is, by the way? I don't. That head is, uh, at, so at the end of Dawn of the Dead, uh, Galen Ross, the woman, was supposed to put her head inside the the helicopter rotor. So they uh, made a cast, huh. right? But they had changed the ending and they thought, you know, we want it to be, you know, not necessarily a perfect ending, but have a A a, triumphant one, something optimistic, something like they, there could be something out there. So we're going to have the the two uh, leads live. So they, they had this cast and they're like, what do we do with it? So they dressed it up a bit, filled it with some meat and Hmm. assorted goods and some dog food and whatnot. And they put it up on a, a mannequin and Tom Savini shot that thing with a shotgun. Wow incredible (laughs) good
1: stuff good stuff yeah uh that whole scene like you know knowing that there are zombies in this world the characters know there are zombies in this world and whoops here are some zombies Yep. and uh yeah immediately like you get the violence that was there and not a living dead but this time it's in full color and it's it's fucking brutal and it's in widescreen (laughs) and it is uh More brutal than in black and white. So often when you transition from black and white to color, things look less disgusting. Things look less striking. You know, the blood in Raging Bull is, uh, you know, more sort of uh, upsetting Mm -hmm. than anything in like a modern boxing movie. Yep. Not the case here. That he uses the color to its fullest extent.
0: And I've talked about this many times. It's like the colors in this movie are perfect because they're perfectly unnatural. Yes. I've referenced this movie a bunch where it's like the, 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 there's something about the look of the zombies. Like, even though like it's not Tom Savini's best makeup, they're just wrong. Yes. You know, it's just that, that bluish gray look that just feels icky. It's and, just people with dis- blue makeup most of the time, there is some makeup work done. Don't get me wrong, but it's not nearly as sophisticated as what we'll get to with the next movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, just again, it's that uncanny effect which is just used so brilliantly here. Just the, the look of the blood, like it's almost orangey, you know, it's just icky looking. Mm-hmm. And every time you see it, you're, you're just like, ooh, get that away from me, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's like I said, that's usually not the case with blood in general. I'm, I'm pretty accustomed to blood in movies, but I see it here and it just pops so much more. Yes. And I just, it, it helps the violence so, so much. Um, But this movie does something wonderful relating to the, uh, the, uh, the newsroom scene and just the, the the setting in general is that this movie does a great job at stripping away all sense of comfort because it gives you that comforting setting like it, it like the newsroom scene is anxiety ridden, but it doesn't feel like the apocalypse just yet. It just feels like something is going wrong, but you're still in society at that moment mm-hmm. and to see it break down slowly, even when you get into a mall, which is supposed to be like the most idyllic comforting American place back in that time period and just have it be totally defiled towards the end of the movie to the point where it's like you could grab a brick of money and it just doesn't mean anything anymore. Sure. There's just a lot of great like commentary in that like the social commentary here is wonderful.
1: Yeah. The idea that you go to the mall to be saved and really that is the place of your doom. Yep. uh, yep. Is that's
0: everything, right? Yep. That's like all you fucking need. I mean, um, when they're just sitting in that room and they're bored, yeah, listening to the radio. Like, that's the moment for I think, at least for me, anywhere. I'm like, okay, yeah, this movie's kind of genius. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: nothing new. The idea that the people were the zombies all along, but uh, it's never been executed more perfectly. Um, yes. And uh, more revolutionarily than in this movie. <laughs> Is that an adjective?
0: Revolutionarily. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll give you that, okay. <laughs>
0: uh, man, man. Malls are just so fucking cool. You, yeah, I love them too. It's a great setting. Yeah. It's it, always a great setting. It's, it, I mean, stranger things has now killed it. Um, and I think like we're
1: nostalgic for malls now, so it's not really <gasps> as ubiquitous a, a thing in our lives, but then, uh, yeah, I mean, malls were everything. And it's just a perfect place to set a movie. It's a perfect place to set any story. This thing is just loaded with subtext. Um, the idea in the third act that, uh, you know, even past the apocalypse, when nothing in that mall means anything, when mm-hmm. a brick of money doesn't mean anything, <laughs> when, uh, you know, like a, a, a nice outfit yep. at JCPenney doesn't mean anything, those impulses are still there, are still there, yeah, yeah. right? Like, our, our need to consume and our need for status and our need for stuff yep. is like
0: so ingrained in our being. Which is a trait idea now. Yes. But I've watched this recently and it still works. It still works. There's something about the pace of this movie and the time it takes with its characters, that montage scene where they're doing all of that stuff. It's just a little more personal and a li- has a little, you know, the right touch of personality and humanity and, and mo- basically all those scenes like where Flyboy is just – and it's not Flyboy, God – so I can never remember the names of the characters in this movie. Flyboys close enough. Nah. Well, Flyboys is the guy who's the zombie at the very end. Who, who's, uh, who's with Fran. Who's the girl. Right. But it's the other guy, the black guy. No, the other, the other guy who gets bit very early on. Okay. You know him, but where he's just like sitting in and he's in his little stroller and he's just trying hats on. Yes. Just so stuff like that. And the movie is plotless <laughs> in that way. The plot is people are just figuring shit out again. Right. And I yeah, I don't know. But it's fun. It's a so much fun. It's oh my God. fun. <laughs> it's no, you kind of wanna be there. Like, yep. sure, it, it is- sucks that
1: all of our family and friends died in the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> but we get a mall, guys. Like, yeah. there's something about that it's this version wish- of hell that is, like, really <laughs>
0: idyllic. It's this wish fulfillment element, too, that you you, you didn't necessarily consider. Yeah. It's kind of cool, because I think we've all thought about that, though, where it's like, if the apocalypse happened, what would be a great place to shack up? Yeah. You know, and I mean, like, Shaun of the Dead plays into this very idea with the bar. Sure. Which is again, strangely, uh, 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 I mean, obviously with the title, but it's sort of referencing what, uh, Dawn of the Dead was doing, but in a slightly different way. No, getting
1: the mall to yourself, you and four people being able to just, yeah, get candy whenever you want.
0: And, but to see, to see how quickly it, it gets like their joy for that mall gets sucked away. Well, also the fact that they feel the need to fight for it—I know—it's a great yes. kick in the ass for the characters, but right. also the audience. And yep. I just
1: that they think they need to go to war to protect what is theirs. I know um, the thing's just drenched in subtext. It's drenched, mm-hmm. yeah. What, what, god, what a great movie! And the third act is amazing. What a great fucking movie, man! Yeah. Like the the more you dig into it, and I know there's been so much written about it. Oh my and, god! Uh, like I I will have said nothing unique about it by the end of this conversation. Um, it's just perfect. I mean, and by the way, it's a really entertaining action movie. It is. Yeah. Romero is incredible at staging action
0: sequences. And I get, well, again, no, you're, you're not even wrong. Uh, um, they've talked about this a lot, uh, and how like he's not, the shots aren't always the most considered things. He's someone who shoots just a lot of stuff. You know, this is this is a movie where there wasn't like, okay, we gotta get this shot, this shot, this shot, this shot, this shot. It's more like let's just shoot a bunch of stuff, which is why the movie has what was made with such an improvisational attitude. But it doesn't feel that way. No, not the really. Product, yeah. It's because the editing is amazing. It's so well. Edited. It's amazing. It's the editing so well is remarkable in this movie. The fact that he's able to cut around so much of this stuff and make it as understandable as it is, yeah. and still feel like like you just said, not. Like, 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 to make it feel like it wasn't improvised. It's just well, beautiful. It feels of a piece, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just feels very intentional. But with also movies that are like, like, improvisationally shot, don't have as much iconography to them sometimes. Right. But there is so much iconography to the imagery in this movie. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
1: I mean, the zombies just walking up the backwards escalator. Um, the
0: part where they go into the, the 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 elevator to grab Flyboy. Right. Where they kind of rush the camera, sure stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I, <sighs> I could watch this movie every day yeah i love this movie. and i'm not a horror junkie i'm not a zombie movie junkie like it, it doesn't usually do anything for me and it's not
0: dour no it, it's not it's it's it, it's it's there it's like buried beneath what the movie's really getting at which is why the, the movie still resonates so hard but yeah it's not a miserable experience you know it's it, it's it knows how to have fun and, and it's not really corny in the way that Shaun of the Dead is. It's not like a
1: a, a zomcom by any stretch of the imagination.
0: The movie gets ridiculous though. It gets like it
1: incredibly I mean, there, ridiculous. There are zombies with pies in their face. Yes. Yeah.
0: And it, it again that shouldn't have really work. There's maybe it's just the, the the vibrance of the mall setting where it kind of makes sense. I don't know. Like this movie tonally in many areas I've, 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 I've looked at and I've thought, yeah, no, that doesn't really make as much sense to me, generally speaking. But the fact that a pie fight works at a zombie movie is <laughs> so funny to me. Mm. Like it does work. I love it. Mm. So, I, don't I don't know. Interesting. It's perfect.
1: It's one of the great movies ever made. It's it so, it's so, 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 so good. Hasn't aged a day. I haven't seen the Snyder one. I am curious to watch it though.
0: <laughs> you do this thing though, where you're like, Oh, it, fucks everything that made that original gray it's sort of its own thing Um, it really is sorry if i'm that guy yeah you definitely (laughs) it's got its moments though there's a scene where they're sniping zombies from on top of the roof and they they have varying outfits and they're like oh tell because there's like a sniper from like way across the the way but they can't get to him because there's zombies on the road it's just like a sea of dead people Mm. and they're holding up signs and they're looking at each other with binoculars and they're just like shoot burt reynolds down there and they're just having fun picking off zombies right it's like okay now shoot betty white <laughs> which is a really funny scene and the guy's like that guy can really shoot some zombies it's, uh, really, it's funny it's got its fun okay uh,
1: cool I, like, I just again I, i'm worried that snyder is not interested in the same things that i'm interested in and there is so much like legitimate human drama in this movie like that scene at the beginning where um the, the character, I have the names in front of me now, the character, Peter, Peter, uh, who's the black guy says to, uh, the woman Francine that listen, we're the bad guys now. Like we need to do bad things in order to survive here. Get it through your head. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's th- like, that's just a, a character touch. That's just like a really heartbreaking character moment that you don't get in Zack Snyder movies and you don't get in a lot of zombie movies. No. Um, it happens in one of these movies later on that we're going to talk about today. But, uh, it just has it all. It just it really has it all for a, yeah. a a sort of zombie movie that you figure, oh, it's kind of dated because of the makeup. It's kind of dated because of the special effects. It's it's very 80s in like the music and the mall oh, setting. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. It, it hasn't aged a fucking day, man. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. You know, I like the makeup. And like I said, I've, I've already said that. I like a lot of those things that most people would consider, quote unquote, dated. You get, if it, it's another one of those things Is just with the general aesthetic of the movie. If you ever had those reservations, you get used to it very quickly. Right. Very, very quickly. And it doesn't pull any punches, man. That's the other thing. And knows when to get really serious. The kids get shot in this movie. Sure. So, you know, sure. you have to deal with it. Incredible. It's this perfect cocktail, I think, about. It. Like, how many flavors are in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, even if I wasn't dissecting, like, the social commentary that, that's so ever-present, it's just like... Oh god, the movie's just such a jam. Yeah. Yeah. I, I lost. I love it. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead. And yeah, no surprise it's my favorite on the list. But w- whether or not it should get in, we'll we'll talk. Okay. We'll talk. I have a hard time believing it won't, but mm. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Next up, Day of the Dead. The third in George Romero's original Dead or Living Dead trilogy. Uh it stars, Jesus Christ, what is this? And my notes are a little weird. Regardless, it stars Laurie uh, G- Cardile, Terry Alexander, Joseph Pilato, and Richard Liberty. There's a guy named Richard Liberty. It's a great name. That is a great name. Anyway, as members of a group of survivors of a zombie apocalypse sheltering in an underground bunker in Florida, where they must determine the outcome of humanity's conflict with the undead horde. Uh, George Romero describes this as a tragedy about how a lack of human communication causes uh, chaos and collapse, even in this little uh, small pie slice of society. And uh, not initially loved when it first came out, but has since developed a significant cult following. Some hold it up with that original trilogy. This is Romero's favorite film that he made in the Dead series. Um, And yeah, much like those uh, first two, it's been referenced to death and uh, influenced a lot of people's careers, influenced uh, Greg Nicotero and those guys. Uh, Worked on the movie. Yep, helped work on the movie. It is, Tom Savini considers this his masterpiece, and yep, he's right. I don't think anything comes close. Uh, Yeah, it's an interesting one. One that I saw a little bit later. Um, And, you know... I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but this is like, like cemented for me that it's like amongst my favorite trilogies of movies. Mm. I actually love this movie just as much. I think it works as a great, like, like third bill. If you want to call it that, if you wanted to watch all three of these movies back to back, this one is, is a perfectly good conclusion to this odd, uh, uh series of movies. Pretty uh, disparate series though, I would say. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. But uh, I mean, interestingly, it does say a lot about its era, as as they all do. Uh, and no, another like like interesting and confined take on the genre, zombie genre, much more dour than uh, what George Romero was doing in uh, Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. It's very disgusting mm-hmm. and serious at times, and the conversations that they have are they, there's I don't know they have much more importance to them than than they sometimes at least. They're much more obviously important. I guess, like the conversations in Dawn of the Dead are when they're important, it's much more subtle.
1: Well, it's set in a nuclear silo. I mean, yeah. it's set in like a, you know, it's a military base with a bunch of like commanders talking about the fate of the world. Then also, like, the zombies
0: have taken over the world yeah. now. And uh, yeah, I mean, sure, the stakes are going to be higher. And you see people like a doctor experimenting on zombies and trying to understand them better and just to see how far people have fallen. Yes. Uh, I, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm at least happy that this movie has gained the cult following that it has. And I would say by now it's, it's pretty, pretty well liked. Um, I just really love this setting. I love the, the, I love the conversations the characters have. I think the, the conflict in this movie and the tension that bubbles between the characters is just wonderful. It's got maybe my favorite opening of all the dead movies. I just love when they f- the abandoned f- town, the abandoned uh, Miami with just dead people walking with alligators, yeah, and just hundred dollar bills flying in the wind, yeah. You know, it's just it, again and still kind of carries that identity that made the previous two movies so good. Yeah, I love it. I like Bub. I love Bub. How do you not love Bub? Bub's dope, man. Bub is the man, right? Bub's dope. Maybe possibly the everybody's favorite zombie. Honestly, that's not a new take, though. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there, <laughs> there aren't many zombies I can name by name. Yeah,
1: but, they, there you go. But Bub is certainly that. Yeah, so this is a movie that uh, suggests that zombies are maybe not just brainless monsters, but actually might have a dose of humanity left in them. And by the end, Bub is like a sentient creature that is able to shoot a gun. Basically, yeah.
0: And this uh, is the first time they really flirt with that idea yes it's not super over the top like they get with like land of the dead right but it's there and it's it's basically about as far as i ever wanted them to push it and that's why i don't mind it yeah cool i mean it it works
1: In by the logic of the movie it works like i i don't think uh i think you you read it on paper and you think oh god a zombie that literally gets in a mexican standoff with the villain of the movie and it, by the time you get there, it's like, it, it makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because Romero is so good at process. Yep. Um, so his movies feel like, you know, the, the world is a, a bit absurd and sometimes the rules change. Yeah. Movie to movie, but I'm still on board for it. I'm on board for the ride and I trust that I'm in the right hands. Uh, uh, the acting is
0: tough and I don't, I hate to be a stickler for the acting. <laughs> You're not usually a stickler for acting too. That's the other interesting thing. It's, it's very over the top and very eighties and
1: somehow felt more eighties than Dawn of the dead, even though, you know, <laughs> Dawn of the dead is like, a. I know it's from 78, but like, it's a movie in a mall with like very eighties pop music. Mm-hmm. Uh, like th- this one was just, yeah. I mean, military guys yelling at other military guys, uh, <laughs> And that, I don't, I don't know. Like it kind of took me out of it. I, I think it's a good movie. I like the idea. I like the okay. concept. Um, I like the closing uh, chase. That that oh, yeah. uh, final scene. It's that crazy. final act. Final that,
0: act is in general is just wonderful. Yeah, the
1: way that they that Romero sort of choreographs that and and maps out the geography of this bunker and you know the 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 um the the heroes having to run through um like sort of this it's like a maze it's scary yeah it's a yeah it's a dark maze with with zombies in it it's just really good stuff i mean the guy is just really good at visual and physical ideas you have to be in order to be a good horror filmmaker um and there is also some real gore in this it's nuts nuts yeah guys getting ripped to shreds and just guts spilling out all, all over the place That Uh,
0: third act especially though.
1: I mean, I think about the shot of the one guy clearly like they had him under the floor and it's just his head sticking out. Um, but you see like this body just get ripped out apart and there's just guts and stomachs.
0: Oh, the, the main villain guy. Yes. When he gets ripped apart at the end. Yes. I love the effect where they, the it's towards the end and this guy just jumps onto, uh, a a couple wood pallets. Mm -hmm. And, um, the zombies dig into his eyeballs. Yes, and they start ripping his head off. Yes, but then, only part of his heart. Yeah, his, his head comes off. Here's a funny, funny story about this. So, the audio mix was kind of weird. George Romero thought it was anyway, and I always responded to it the way his sound editor responded to it. So he's like, "Oh God, it goes way up, and that's not the way it should sound, right?" And then the sound editor says. No, his vocal cords are being stretched. <laughs> oh, word! And I w- and he was like, "Oh shit, you're right." Oh, I love it now. <laughs> Not th- bad. That was always my reaction to it. And I'm like, "Ooh, that's fucking horrifying!" Wow, it is the most disturbing zombie kill I've ever seen in my life. Where he's wow. screaming, and then the like the deep scream gets really high, and then yeah. he's the head's off. Oh, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff in there. There's a lot of just great design. The, the gags are just like the the violent gags are wonderful. Yes.
1: I think I was just sort of bored by the people. That's I think, a- I think that's really what it comes down to is I, I didn't really enjoy spending my time with these people. I found the villains kind of to be one dimensional. And again, there's a lot of like Reagan era cold war oh, yeah. stuff, Um, sort of like wasteful government spending the military industrial complex like that. That's all in there. And like fair enough. I think sometimes he, he beats us over the head with it. Romero does, but like the zombie stuff is, is really impeccable Um, mm-hmm. as is the zombie stuff in this entire series. So yeah, I think I, you know, by the end of it, you're, you're obviously rooting for a zombie. Uh, yeah. yeah literally. You know, a zombie cries and you feel bad for the zombie. You do. And yeah. And you root for him to kill the people. And yeah, that's an interesting subversion. Definitely, I mean, it's something that the the Romero series had not quite done up until that point. You really found the because I found the I people... did. I just found the kid. I found I can't get past this. It's just like a. It, I know it's a sort of stupid surface level criticism, but I just found the acting to be kind of ridiculous.
0: No, I find them very entertaining though. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Like it's it's again, it's another one of those like again, sort of simple excuses, but it does feel part of that piece. You know, mm. none, none of I guess like acting bothers me when it feels out of place. You know, we've talked about. Oh, it that. definitely wasn't out of place. No, that is true. It, it, it's not bad. Everyone though. is like, on the same volume. Like, like I don't know. I don't know how how you describe that, but like a bad line de- delivery feels like something very specific. It doesn't matter if you're loud. I mm. mean, if that's the criticism, I could level that against half of Leonardo DiCaprio's career. Sure, being honest and. I could say he's doing a lot of like Joseph Pilata is doing a lot of stuff that Leo would probably do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, that's an interesting thought, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it never feels like inauthentic. And I it's I put it this way. It's not like I don't buy the way they're behaving or the way they're saying this stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I, it's definitely extreme and it's much more intense than the prior two films. So you have to contend with that. I guess I don't mind because these fucking characters have been underground for years. Right. (laughs) I I totally buy that these characters would be this edgy and this angry and this just fed up with like, what the fuck are we doing down here? (laughs) There's Mm. even a moment where they kind of go like, yeah, we have no interest in learning about what these zombies are like or getting these answers. You're not going to solve any problems with these answers whatsoever. You just have to go Mm. and, you know, and find life elsewhere, which is a very interesting and very like broad, but nice and and optimistic conversation that they have. Sure. It, It works beautifully. I actually... Kind of love that 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 talk that they have like halfway through the film mm. i've yeah yeah, that's basically it <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie it's yeah.
1: a it's a good movie, and um I needed to see it eventually. I need to finish this entire series at some point um just because it's it's pivotal to the history of film
0: yeah i've i've it's worked its way up it's become a great film for me, okay, I thought it was very good when I first saw it, and then I saw it consecutively, and yeah, you know I've actually it could be the one I've seen the most hmm. strangely, yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got those just like like cinematic moments that just I love too. It doesn't have the same interesting and relatable level of subtext that Dawn of the Dead has, mm. but yeah, I think it's so much fun this movie. So there's that. That third
1: act is a blast.
0: Oh my god, it's so great. The, who's, I wish I. I, I, I Again, I don't know the character's names, but I can remember the person with just the bald army dude. Not not the guy who shoots himself, but the one who's just running around laughing. Yes. <laughs> as getting oh ripped my apart. God. Yeah, that's and great. And he's the show's exposed eyeball. His fingers get bit off. Just, yeah. Oh God, it's so good. Yeah. I, yeah. I I
1: just think like in general, those aren't credible villains for me. And I and like if if you're going to play the card of, it's not the zombies that you have to fear. It's the people mm-hmm. like you really got to be like, uh, like a, uh, a grade a level villain. That's one of the problems I think personally with walking dead, or at least that's oh, yeah. where, it, you know, the governor
0: was one thing. Like uh, it was a, like a fine villain, oh. but also like a little cartoon. That's a comic book character. Yes. Man. That's like, I don't see good the, point. I don't see any of these characters as comic book villainy by the time they get to Negan, like walking yeah. dead just got ridiculous. And I
1: here similar sort of thing. Really? Yeah. I, that's
0: a little extreme. Don't you think they're just army guys who are trying to defend the place. And I don't know, one of the doctors is feeding this, the dead men to Bub. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess there's the thing is like, I get it. You know, I get that. That helps tremendously when I understand why these guys would be as shitty as they are. Obviously I'm not relating to like the big dude. Who's like biggest fucking piece of meat in the cave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, yeah, that guy has clearly lost his mind and I don't relate to him at all. But like, I see the, the pathos, especially to Joseph Pilato's character at a certain point. I don't know. It, it, to me, it's not nearly as ridiculous as what Negan is anyway, where he's supposed to be like the devil incarnate like that. No, I don't. I don't ever get that impression anyway.
1: I'm running this monkey
0: farm now, Frankenstein. Yep. And I want to know what the fuck you're doing with my time. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. Listen, I'm cool with a,
1: a meathead too. Like a really loud meatheaded movies.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't, don't know. mean to
1: be a downer. I like the movie.
0: I don't know why that like, like those performances. They, yeah, they really don't bother me. Okay. Yeah. They never did. So I don't know how to describe it.
1: I like all these movies.
0: Yep. <laughs> do you, do you like all, all the dead movies? Just like I like all these fries. Oh, I see. <laughs> Move on. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a great movie. Uh, Also a very contemplative movie, which I really like. I I do appreciate the time the movie takes to just have those conversations. Yes. It's just really, really, really really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. If it comes down to the people, is that it? Yeah. All right. It does. Fine. I like the people.
1: No, I'll, I'll hang out with the scientists all day. Like let's, I I wanted more, I wanted more laboratory stuff. Like I felt like the military, you
0: you weren't creeped out by that guy. Certainly. No, that comes was, to be part of the point, too.
1: No, yeah, I, I think that stuff's cool. I just think, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm not particularly intimidated nor moved by those army guys. I think that's the point. Like, they're
0: just... Well, they're, they, they're Biff, right? I think that's the point. Okay. All right. What's wrong with that? Not I mean, but Biff's but- not the
1: villain of Back to the Future. It's the time. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But like, they're... it's the impending. It's
0: the race against the clock. Biff is just a sideshow. Yeah, but they represent the, the, Like, what has happened to humanity? It's not just the army guys, though.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. I, I, but I wanted more zombie. I mean, I think that's like the bottom line. Like, ultimately, <laughs> but the zombies that's the are threat. not the
0: villain, though. <laughs> no, they're not. Actually, they're Day Six Machina. Yeah. You know, that's the that's always been the pl- at a certain point, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're not Biff by the way, but they're losers. That's the point. Yeah. They're losers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into an interesting one here. Another one with evil army guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Might be worse in this one. No question. Even though I do like that finale, but that, <laughs> that finale is so much fucking fun. But I think uh, uh, that, I don't care for the finale. Really? Uh, I think it's great, but I, I do agree. Like, Those characterizations are weird. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, 28 Days Later, directed by Danny Boyle, written by Alex Garland. Yes, sir. Yep. One of our faves. Mm -hmm. Starring Killian Murphy, Naomi Harris, uh, Christopher Excelston. normal names, please. Eccleston. Eccleston, whatever. Megan Burns, and of course, Brendan Gleeson. The plot depicts the breakdown of society following the accidental release of a highly contagious virus, Uh, and focuses upon the struggle of four survivors, which uh, the people I just named essentially, uh, to cope with the destruction of the life they once knew while evading those infected by the virus. And uh, despite Danny Boyle not considering this a zombie film, 28 Days Later is credited with reinvigorating the zombie genre of horror film with its fast-running zombies and character-driven drama. It's a huge financial uh, success. It's uh, one of the most profitable horror films of 2002. Uh, it was ranked, uh, in 2017 by 150 actors, directors, writers, producers, and critics for Time Out Magazine as the 97th best British film ever made. Holy shit, is this a British film? Very British. Very British.
1: Um, like, a lot of British movies in the early 2000s that looked a lot like this. Dog Shoulders
0: is one of them that I cite a lot. Uh,
1: 24 Hour Party People is a movie I, I watched recently that's, like, from 2001, 2002 that's about, um... You know, sort of the, the punk rock scene in, in Britain in the 80s and
0: 90s. The Descent kind of has this a
1: little yeah. bit. I, like, it's not really, like, shot on camcorder, but I think, like, this movie in particular is shot on video. Like, actual, like, videotape. Yeah,
0: well, this is the guy that shot uh, uh, The Celebration, Tom Spinnerberg's film, uh-huh. and uh, Slumdog Millionaire, and, like, those... Like likes that style. Likes getting in inside and uh, uh, the scene like that. And he also likes the quickness of shots like that, which play into why they were able to pull off certain shots in this movie. Yes, basically all the scenes of London being cut off. They had like twenty minutes to shoot this one section. And you got to do it quick, and yeah. they had to move on; otherwise, yeah. you're done. Right. And re- remarkably, they were able to do it. I actually like. Here's the thing: like having done stuff like this, I can't believe that they actually accomplished it all that they got in, in downtown go. london cleared out it's insane and they me. got the shot of killian murphy on the bridge they push over a bus briefly yeah. just to have it pushed back over they yeah. push over a bus yeah and they do it all into the span of 20 minutes what the hell yeah and you really can't fidget around with the lighting that much no nope. which is why you have to use something that's just like all in camera i'm doing something like that right now right, right now i'm dealing with that and it's a pain in the ass yeah <laughs> right so yeah you almost need to go more crummy you know,
1: because like a, a, a camera that picks up everything is going to pick up too much.
0: Now, again, if it was a drama, that might be a little weird. But in a movie like this, <laughs> where everything is supposed to make you feel sick. <laughs> right. I'm OK with it.
1: Right. Um, yeah. So you watch it. And the Walking Dead comparisons are not one to one, but you certainly pick up on a lot of stuff that feels similar to Walking Dead. Yes. The way that it opens, the way that it's shot. Not necessarily the way the zombies move or like the tone of the movie, but what it's saying about like the evil of man in this in this world um, and that ending, especially, yeah, it feels like they're fighting Negan, they're fighting the yes. governor, they're you know um, and so you compare it to Walking Dead, and like you know, I, I enjoyed Walking Dead those first couple of seasons, but it's so fucking dour, and there's no energy to it. and this is young Danny Boyle energy um, and it it just moves. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, something that uh, Danny Boyle, at least in his early years, the, the guy was such a vibrant filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He, he was so youthful. Yeah. And that's a quality that is, it's definitely hard to keep on to because by definition, it's only something that you have in your younger years. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's hard to capture the, the, the feeling that the person behind the camera is young. Yeah. Um, and he does that he does that in train spotting, and he does that here. Where do you stand on
0: running zombies? Oh uh i've never really had an issue with him, honestly, I guess I prefer george Romero's mm. uh there's a there's a somberness to the zombies in George Romero's movies when they're that slow, and just like like there's you cannot get a scene like where Fran is just sitting down with the glass door with the zombie sitting and just kind of looking at her, like just looks like he's just doped out. It's not even a question of he's ravenous or anything. He's just staring at her and he just seems tired. Mm. And there's so many ideas of like who this person could have been just by looking at him. But it's not like, ooh, shoot it. And that's maybe the greatest failing with running zombies. Yes. You have to shoot it immediately. Right. So you don't quite get that level of pathos. Well, they become
1: a moving train. Like they they just they become a a fast villain that needs to be you know they, they what they do is they you you're adding too much humanity to it. It's it's kind of like what we talked about earlier. The thing about zombies is that you can put whatever you want into it because they're just zombies. They're just bags of flesh that you can rip apart. Um and and so you get all of this this subtext. You get this like this looming sense of death Whereas when they run fast, I mean, yeah, they're just like a, a guy that you're an assassin. You're fighting in the born identity, you know? Yeah,
0: basically it's, but it makes them, ugh, this is sounds so again, stupid and pretentious to say, but like zombies are the monsters that I guess aren't really monsters. Does that make sense? Mm. Like this one makes them too monstrous in mm. a lot of ways. So like that disconnect is even greater. So I agree with that. Right. Yeah. You know? And it's, uh, yeah, I, I again, it, it works here in my opinion and it's worked before. It just depends on how you intend to use those particular zombies. Mm. So yeah, if you're going for the stuff that George Romero is going for, it's going to be very, very difficult here. Right. But if you're talking about something, I don't know, I don't know. I, I don't even know how you would describe it, but it's still like this one is still talking about people though. Mm. It's still talking about the breakdown and sort of the tenuous nature of society in general. If just one thing is dropped in, into the, into the gears to just throw it all out of whack. Yes.
1: And uh, there is stuff, uh, you know, in that first act and that second act that is like similar to Dawn of the Dead, just like really good, like human stuff. The, like the scene the, where they go shopping in the, the grocery, a and grocery store is just great. Um, it's just, again, it's one of those like uh, cathartic sort of like, uh, I, I kind of wish I was in the scenario mm. moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. You know, which is, it's cool. I mean, it's just, it adds like this cool cognitive dissonance to the movie. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's a cool, it's a, it's a cool invention. I mean, it's definitely a cool subversion. I mean, it's, uh, it's not quite a zombie movie, but again, like
0: I'm not as strict with the definition as you are. And if you accept it, then that's cool. Uh, but it seems a little disingenuous to not consider it a zombie yeah. film is the thing. It's like, but they're not really zombies. It's like, dude, come on. You know what I mean? I feel mean? the same way about deadites though. In really, fairness. I do. I, I do. <laughs> exactly what you just said. I echo that that's ridiculous come on dude. okay all right um these behave more like zombies <laughs> okay what do you talk why do you think deadites behave like zombies
1: <laughs> forget it Adam forget it I don't get it they're just fucking they're they're evil things with bad skin I don't know <laughs>
0: So what? I mean, Baron, that a zombie Baron Harkonnen in Dune. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of a zombie ish figure. Give me a fucking break. Kinda. Uh,
1: yeah, it's a movie about people being the actual monsters at the end of the day. And I will say like it, it is, it, it's that perfect Danny Boyle controlled chaos. And yeah. that's what's so cool about it. Not every blocking decision makes sense. Not every editing decision makes sense. He sometimes breaks continuity. Mm hmm. Uh, early Danny Boyle movies, this just fucking works. Um, and I'm just totally on the wavelength of it. And I, I think I consider it more of just like a fun action movie Me than too. like a a really contemplative, symbolic uh, zombie movie, horror movie. Um, yeah. But that's fair game too. Certainly more entertaining than World War Z. Like World War Z is the is the bad version of this movie.
0: And no, and that's I guess what I was getting at. It's like the movie doesn't try to be more than it is. Right. Which is fine. You just need to have a solid action film that's scary and frenetic when the action does happen yes uh with just really good like solid characters again they're not necessarily changing the world but these are really believable and lovable people that you feel desperate for Mm. yeah honestly so and i think the dramatic stuff in it is is quite affecting especially when brendan gleason dies it's probably the best scene in the entire movie i love me some gleason too you know that about me yeah that's your boy, Brendan Gleason. He's Irish. That's your dad. It basically is, yeah. You know? <laughs> My beard is becoming more and more red, by the way. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Have you seen Calvary yet? Not yet. Oh, Adam. I know that premise. It's a fucking awesome premise. Calvary and Patterson you need to do <laughs> soon. I watched Inland Empire, so yeah, finally. Oh, how was that? <laughs> oh, I still haven't done holy it. Holy shit!
1: I've never done it. <laughs> just, just look at my review.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Did you like? It? Oh my god! Yeah, I okay. enjoyed it. Right. But
0: like, what the fuck was that?
1: <laughs> yeah, when I am, uh, yeah, when I'm in the mood. Very rarely can you be in the mood for a movie like that. But
0: the the. the... <laughs> Jesus Christ, the fucking camcorder cinematography is going to melt your brain. Yeah. No, I've seen the trailer. (laughs) It's like hard to deal with at times, Mm. at times, because there are shots where you cannot see anything. Right. (laughs) You can't. It's just like pixels moving. But it's amazing. (laughs) The movie's unbelievable. I gotta do it. It's And the... Like, honest, crazy. I, I, I'm not saying this is a slight against the movie, but like, it's the best end credits I've ever fucking seen ever. Cause mm. it's, it ends at a dance number and I'm just like hypnotized. Is
1: Laura Dern dancing? No. Okay. No. Who's, who's dancing?
0: Uh, w- women, the women of the movie are dancing. Cool. And I'm just going to refer to them as the women of the movie. Cause that's pretty much what they are. Is that a Wattat? Oh, <sighs> it's a commitment man okay you have to commit How long to is that it? movie i think it's three and a half hours oh goodness gracious yeah man yeah 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 oh goodness me if it's it, it could be three hours i mean three hours still of david lynch all in one sitting oh, oh boy
1: three hours even
0: yep here you go I felt like maybe it related to blue velvet at times. Like maybe they were in the same universe and then there were times where I was certain it was in the same universe as twin peaks. Oh boy. Yeah. And apparently what he has cooking up next is even crazier. Is it a movie that he's doing?
1: I think he's doing a mini series for Netflix with Laura Dern. Oh
0: my God.
1: Yeah another I, th- that's uh, at least what the reports have suggested that it's going to be another series okay so okay there are some rumors that it might be another Twin Peaks I, I doubt that that's the case I think it's going to be its own thing I think he's done with Twin Peaks but right.
0: perfect ending to Twin Peaks I don't know why you would God,
1: it's just an amazing season of television yeah uh, all
0: right what's last last we have we're going very long today yeah, by the I'm way. sorry Train to Busan uh, directed by Yon Sang Ho starring uh uh, Gong Ho, uh, Jun Yu Mi, Ma Dong Suk, uh, Kim Suan, Choi Wook Sik, Ah So and, and Kim Yu Sung. They're all American. The film mostly, <laughs> takes, place- <laughs> <laughs> the film mostly takes place on a high-speed train from Seoul to Busan as a zombie apocalypse suddenly breaks out in in the country and threatens the safety of the passengers. The best thing that's been said about this movie, I guess is British uh, filmmaker Edgar Wright, highly applauding the film, personally recommending it and calling it the best zombie movie I've seen in forever. How about that Edgar Wright trailer this week? Oh my God. That's like one of the best trailers I've seen in forever.
1: I watched that thing and I was happy for you. I was like, man, Adam, he, he finally did it.
0: He finally did it. It's people like me who respected and supported Scott Pilgrim versus the world and gave him more of a career. (laughs) Yeah. That thing looks, what's the movie called? Last night in Soho. Last night in Soho. Looks like just a night. This looks like a banger. Like so perfect. And so tailor made for me. Yeah. And I just can't wait. I've been meaning, I've been hoping for Edgar Wright to do a horror film like that in a while. Cause apparently it's like a straight horror movie. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It looks so good. Nah, movies are back, man. <laughs> movies are back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to see that thing in a the theater. Yeah. Uh, j- j- train to Busan. Uh, man, those Koreans know how to make a movie. Uh, they know how to make an action movie. Yep. Um, Just like a lot of great, Korean genre cinema in the last 20 years between parasite and everything Bong Joon-ho did, um, you know, old boy, a, another classic, uh, burning, mm-hmm. not really a genre movie, but just like a man, they just have a thriving film scene over there. This one was a, like a, a massive hit yep. in, in Korea. Right. It's like one of the 10 highest grossing movies of all time. I think yep,
0: for them, um, highest grossing, I think for can, okay. I would say, I think was, My notes are a mess now, but bear with me. Hmm. (laughs) You
1: look like John Krasinski in a quiet place. Just all those notes. (laughs) Do they hear?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You excited for two? Two is coming out this weekend. Yeah, I am too. I am. yeah, Yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be good. Apparently, it is. Yeah, yeah, I hear it's really good. So. But anyway, like, yeah, like 10 million people at Cannes saw this or something like that.
1: Oh, exciting. Okay. Uh, so um, yeah. Train, train to Busan. More fast zombies. Um, but uh, like, uh, here it, they are actually terrifying. Like, they
0: are yes. palpably terrifying. I won't, okay. No, do, do you, do you not think they're scary in 20 days later? I do think they're scary. I'm not, I'm not as scary as they could be. Mm. That that's all. Part of it is the performances for me and is, I I find those zombies really creepy. Now okay. granted like these are scary zombies as well. I'm not yeah. I'm not slating that. I just I I think this zombie stuff in 20 Days Later is 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 up there too, but
1: you know uh-huh. whatever. No, it's not necessarily my kind of zombie just in like the design of it and the look of it and just like again how um I, I don't know like demonic they look. Like it's just there's a little too much evil in the eyes there. Uh, in this one for me personally yeah whereas whereas um, that's what i'm talking about i'm talking about trying to now whereas like the romero zombies they are just sacks of meat yes Um, and i think i relate to that a little bit more not to say that i wasn't thoroughly thrilled and scared during this whole thing because it is a kinetic well choreographed just action movie Uh, some leaps of faith you have to take like why not just open the fucking doors and let the zombies out As you just keep driving the train away. Why did that never cross their mind? Just open the doors. Just let them go. Don't you have a button in the front conductor? Just open the fucking doors.
0: How do you know they would run out? Well, some of them will probably run out. (laughs) I mean, you should give it a shot. It's worth a shot. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Some leaps of faith, and at the end, like, why don't you just push the guy off? You knew he was infected; just push him off the platform.
0: Yeah, that that, that moment especially, I, I completely agree with you. But. Yeah,
1: there's some stuff in there, but like, you have to sort of make those leaps in order for the movie to be like that claustrophobic, in order to keep them on that train. And uh, similar to Dawn of the Dead, where you're questioning how is he going to milk this much drama and horror out of this one location for two hours. I mean, th- this guy is just the, the conceit of them getting off the train and then getting back on the train, but they're separated and similar to Snowpiercer, I mean, like it is, is certainly of a piece with Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. uh, sim- seems to be like set in the same universe. Almost. It- it's just like a
0: brilliant invention of plot. Yep. You know, high concept as hell. Yeah. Uh, they-, they get every possible thing out of that contained setting. I think it's, great I was blown away honestly when I saw this movie it had been recommended for a while you know and I was like oh I, I gotta see that eventually I remember it being pretty big in 2016. And I didn't, they they undersold it to me. I didn't think it was going to be this good. I love this movie yeah. a lot. It's like one of, yeah, it's one of the better zombie films I've seen in, in recent uh, years, just because it's just the most taught thing imaginable. This movie freaked me the fuck out, man. Yeah. And I just saw it. I just saw it. And the, the level of tension in these zombie scenes is remarkable. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's like, again, I don't necessarily take as much away from the bigger ideas here. There. I guess there's, there's definitely heart to this movie. I guess that's all I really need, Give me some heart to these characters and just give me an awesome action movie and give me people I can care about. And it's another hashtag dad movie. Yeah, absolutely. About being a good dad, man. But a movie that just knows how to lay the pieces. Yes. I cannot express enough how fucking brilliant that deer is at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How chilling was that, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh my god. Ugh. and to just like them slowly picking up something's going wrong, but the movie never drawing more attention to it besides the deer. And just like that quick flash of the woman running by the train. Yeah. And she gets on and you're like, what's the matter with her? Right. And when it finally shows you what's the matter with her my God, man, it's just like, it, it, and also with the knowledge that she's trapped now in that train with everybody else. Yes. And, and you just know this thing is going to fucking spread everywhere. Right. It is just horrifying. It's like a really like, 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 like nail biting movie. I like seeing this in the theater. Could you imagine?
1: Yeah. Uh, and it does that brilliant thing where, um, you know, disaster movies will sometimes do this, but you present, a a, a group of people and, um, you know, only like one or two of them are going to survive. And in the process, you're going to watch humanity shut down. Um, and you're just watching an inevitable conclusion. Uh, you're you're just, you're just watching the, the world get destroyed and you're seeing it through the lens of one or two people. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the way that this movie like plays around with point of view, it, it's just like you're watching a beautiful ballet. Like it's yeah. just, it's just a perfect symphony. You know, just everything is falling into place. You know, every decision you see as intentional, um, it is received exact exactly as it was meant to be received. Um I mean, yeah, just perfect, masterful. Yeah. Um yeah. and thoroughly horrifying and and thoroughly scary. And and by
0: the end of it, it's like, God, that was a brutal ride. Yep. And there's a containment to it, like, like that does feel in line with other zombie movies. Funny enough, like both uh, Night of Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. It's all like like the, witnessing the apocalypse from a very, very small space, ultimately. Mm. Like, I know, like, the mall is big and expansive, but it's just a mall, you know? We're, right. not, we're not really seeing the world in whole. And it's similar here, how they managed to play up to that, mm. you know, by supposedly going to a place that could be hopeful. Sure. When really, we don't really know if that's going to be the case. So, what you're watching is a, is a microcosm of, of what is a
1: national or international event, Man, it is thundering out there. Holy
0: shit. Yeah, we're getting like tornado weather again. Why oh, is it? Well, how does this podcast always get tornadoes? <laughs> I feel like this has happened multiple times. Dude, it's scary. Man, that there. happened quick. Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, yeah, severe thunderstorm warning.
0: Is there a tornado warning?
1: Not that I'm saying.
0: It looks like it. The crap clouds are green. Is it?: Yeah, there's a, like a really dark green in there. Have a fun drive, man. Yeah I'm... <laughs> uh,
1: take shelter in place. Great. I guess uh, I'm getting the sleeping bag out tonight.
0: Yep. <laughs> I have to run out to my fucking car. <laughs> I'll give you a drive.: <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that would actually be quite nice.: Holy crap. I can't see anything. It's not even the sun hasn't gone down yet. It's the apocalypse.: I kind of want to go out there. Don't go out there just yet. <laughs> let's 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 get through Train to Busan. Let's let's see if the zombies. A- Abby's on. worrying about me right
1: now. <laughs> uh train to Busan. Um yeah, I mean, yeah, cool movie about being a dad, man. You gotta
0: just be a dad <laughs> in the apocalypse. It's all about family. It's all about <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thanks, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> me <All right>. familia. <laughs> me <laughs> familiar. Me familia. Uh
1: That's yeah, true. it's about compassion, it's about love, it's about sacrifice, uh, nothing new it's about you know selfishness in the face of adversity or kindness in the face of adversity and who's rewarded and who's punished for it true and
0: yep Yep. yep. <laughs> and it's all about zombies it's all about this really it's about the zombies. It's A movie about zombies <laughs> yes really really at the end of the day it's about zombies it's about stabbing it's about- <laughs> <laughs> this film is literally about stabbing <laughs> Which means if you like this movie, I believe you like (laughs) seeing someone get stabbed
1: with a sharp object. I wish I had that sound bite here. I I just got rid of it. As a matter of fact, oh my god, uh (laughs) (laughs) this (laughs) podcast went way (laughs) off the rails at some point. I don't know what the hell happened. We're over two hours (laughs) deep into this thing. Jesus (laughs) Christ. And I feel like we've talked about nothing. No, yeah.
0: (laughs) This is the messiest podcast we've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where it went wrong, honestly. (laughs) Train to Busan's a really good movie. I liked it a lot. Okay.
1: Uh, Dawn of the Dead's
0: getting in, right? Uh, Mm. But by our... Fucking hell. It's Dawn of the Dead or it's Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead's more important. Uh, Dawn of the Dead's more iconic. Dawn of the Dead's better. Dawn of the Dead wins. Is it more iconic? I think just as many people think about Night of the Living Dead. (sighs) I think just as many people think about Night of the Living Dead as they do Dawn of the Dead. I, I see it played more on AMC for Halloween. Put it that way. Dawn of the Dead is hard to find. Yes. we will say that. Well, that's because John, well, I don't know if it's John Russo, but the guy who owns the rights to it, it does not make it commercially available. I own all three because I love these movies. How'd you find that DVD? I bought it for 150 fucking oh, dollars. Oh, goodness. It's a Blu-ray, and that's the only way you can get it. Wow. Because the guy upcharges the shit out of it. He's like, oh, yeah, I have the rights. Supply pay, and demand, baby. Yeah, pay $150. It's like Martin Screlly. Fuck him, but I really wanted that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I stole it. Um, but
1: <laughs> no, it's not available on streaming. Can't even rent it. no nope. I, I would have rented it if given the opportunity, but yeah. I couldn't.
0: um Wow. It feels weird not having Night of the Living Dead in. That's the only thing. Feels weird.
1: I understand. I just think Dawn of the Dead is by far and away a superior movie. Yeah, it's a, no, I wouldn't even say far and away, but it's definitely a better movie. It's better. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just better, and I just think like it's in the horror pantheon, yeah. you know, like that setting, that location, the story. I like, know, I know. You just don't beat it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, so it just it, it feels weird to say it is simultaneously in the top five of all time. Yeah. Like,
0: would you put Nine of the Living Dead in the top five? horror yeah dude there's an argument to be had absolutely okay you're underselling it a little bit yeah i am i know i'm a little i'm a little colder on it they're close man no seriously they're very 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 close that's Uh that's the problem I'm, i'm but both are iconic yeah i know i mean both are iconic uh
1: both change the game in terms of like what you can do subtextually what you can do on a on a script level i know and how you can sort of subvert the expectations of B movies. I mean, yeah. pre-Romero, these were Warner Brothers B movies or yeah. Universal B movies, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and
0: they're very impressive in their own right. You know, they and,
1: shouldn't be as good as they are, right? You know, and and this, I think, not a Living Dead certainly, but Dawn of the Dead to a to a, a greater extent because of just the reach of that movie, yes. the budget of that movie yes, proved what you can do. With a, a a pretty trashy genre, mm-hmm. um, and people have been chasing this for decades, and yep. are still chasing it, are still chasing what Romero did in Dawn of the Dead. And every once in a while, they come close, but yeah, not 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 quite. You don't get there. I mean, I just think, look, it's it's in my opinion a perfect movie, and it I is. like having perfect movies. Yes, <laughs> like I don't like having really good. Hey, ones. That might like come to bite
0: ones. you later when we're doing some years. Okay, okay. So just be wary, just because it's the most important. We'll get there fair enough all right
1: but i i like perfect and i, think, I like perfect i think too. dawn of the dead is
0: perfect i yeah i think it's perfect too go ahead dawn of the dead all right dawn of the dead <laughs> know you know it's a perfect movie but i'm not sure if you get in um it's, man that'll do it for zombies <laughs> i've had enough zombies <laughs> enough zombies you know who i blame i blame Zack snyder I do. At the end of the day, this is just sex. And I it's just, all, I just thought, this all happened because of him. <laughs> Let's get you home. Yeah. Cause this is, it actually does not look good out at all. I'm worried. I kind of want to drive with you. You want to drive with me? I kind of do. I kind of want to follow me to Abby's. I like, I'm going, I like storms, dude. I kind of like driving in storms, but not when supposedly we could get like a giant gust of wind. <laughs> that's akin to the finger of God. Uh, Oh fuck you
1: <laughs> No
0: You gotta give me no! You gotta give me a second. You gotta give me a second,
1: my guy.
2: The finger of God. <laughs>
1: All right. I'm not that quick on the trigger. Uh... This sucks up. Huh? <laughs> Alright, uh... <laughs> right, that'll do it. Uh, next week I'll I'll think of something. Okay. I think well, we, we should do this. We should alternate. I don't mind that. Yeah. You know, every, every other week we, we pick a, a topic or a year or something that means something to us.
0: Let it be known that I gave Nico the option to not do this. I said, I, I'm down to do this or Cassavetes. So.
1: Yeah. We'll do Cassavetti soon. <laughs> um, but I, I, I kind of like the lining up of, you know, there's a big zombie movie coming out. Yeah. Right yeah. Today. That's true. So, um, yeah. And so, by the way, listen to our review of The Dead Don't Die, mm-hmm. the um, the uh, Jim Jarmusch movie that we reviewed on Why Is This a Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and thus concludes zombie week here uh, <laughs> too many dot com
0: We hope you liked it Holy yeah shit. yeah,
1: you're gonna die am i yeah you' gonna, you're gonna die tonight
0: no well, If you you hey, die with me as I drive over to my girlfriend go room. out in a blaze <laughs> of glory
2: <my laughs> guy.
1: uh all right, uh please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. you can find the link uh on the website. We are nearing one thousand subscribers. We are getting there. Mm-hmm. Just get us over the hump, guys. If you have been holding out, now is the time. Go to the YouTube channel, hit subscribe, get us over 1,000. It's a big milestone for us. Yes. We're getting so very close. It's because I'm not on any of the videos. The, The ingredient you're missing is
0: Adam Hall. Well, maybe if you made more than one short film every three years, we could put some more stuff on it. I'm there. talking about my stuff, which is so grand and special and perfect. It only comes out once in a lifetime. You're like really. Daniel Day-Lewis, really, man. Yeah, it's like you make see, a movie. I'm not just going to shell it out, Nico. You don't get it. What's the, you don't understand, okay? It's just... Let's get a movie a week, man. Let's get a short a movie a week. Oh, God. Let's do it. Adam Hall's uh, movie hour. I'm not a dancing monkey, Nico. I just... <laughs> All right, I've got a quote for the end of this. Should I do mine? Yeah, yeah. You seem to want to do it. That's fine. Okay. Uh, That'll do it. Movie Hall
1: of Fame. I'll go go join the Discord as well. Um, Link is in the description for this pod. Mm -hmm. Until next time. But you see, it's not me. It's not my family. In your head, in your head, they are fighting. With their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns in their head. In your head, they are crying.